Through the magic of the Hollywood wand and the silver screen, the universe continues to awaken to more of itself. Aloha shifters, dreamers, conscious co-creators out there within this holographic matrix. My name is Brendan and you're tuned in for another recorded live broadcasted edition of Paradigm Shift Destiny School. Tonight's episode is a very exciting one. It's a personal favorite topic of mine. We're going to be talking about conscious themes within movies and media. And so, of course, we'll explain a little bit more. But before we do that, I just want to let you guys know that we are joined once again by some amazing shifters from all across the globe. So fellow shifters, from across the internet please feel free to unmute yourself and make some noise and say hello to all the beautiful people tuned into this so let's all mute unmute ourselves and make some noise make some animal noises and go whoop 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 yup yup some some love awesome guys all right guys thank you so much for for joining here and uh yes this is going to be a very exciting episode we'll get into it pretty much right off the start so just as a basic overview for those of you maybe brand new to this project this is Paradigm Shift Destiny School, which is a part of ParadigmShiftCentral.com, a real-world interactive game to help shift consciousness. And part of the way how we play this game is by creating conscious media, by coming together as community, by, ha- by having conscious discussion, and really by being able to practice having discussion. And that is essentially what we are doing here. And of course, through this project, we have other broadcasts, including regular team building, hangouts, excuse me, the dream classes, admin meetings, global meditations, and on the website, you'll also see a bunch of conscious media creators. And uh, yeah, there's so much more to this. And of course, we're encouraging and inviting people to help create paradigm shift communities where they are, which focus on open-minded discussion and meditation circles. So in the same way, this is kind of like a virtual version of what we're encouraging people to create within the physical. So by having the discussions here, it helps us practice having these communications, sharing knowledge, sharing our ideas, expanding our perceptions, getting inspired, getting like that, that like the more of the education, inspiration and entertainment out of a broadcast like this to uh, continue to encourage us to continue to choose to be the change that we wish to see. So with tonight's broadcast and theme with the, the, the conscious themes within media as destiny school, we do the destiny school topics with specific themes. So we've done previous uh, topics related one of specifically lucid dreaming and, and astral, like lucid dreaming and dream exploration. We've done health and meditation. Um, we have done sacred geometry. We have done UFOs and aliens and entities and all sorts of good stuff. And so with this topic, we're going to be focusing on like I said, this is one of my favorite topics. We're looking at media. We're looking at the power of media. And in particular, we're looking at the idea that over the past several years, most like not even recently over the several years, but over the past decades since the genesis of film, film has been evolving as this medium for consciousness to be able to help express and share some very potent ideas ideas that may be outside the box or outside culture's norm. And so examples of these would be like movies that introduce spiritual, metaphysical, even sci-fi themes that are helping us expand our consciousness. And so consciousness in a very simplified way can be thought of as awareness. So in that sense, we're talking about what are movies that have helped expand our awareness. So we're going to be going around with the talking stick and we're going to be getting some people to introduce examples of two movies that have stood out to them that have conscious shifting themes in them and also what brings them to this class, what they hope to get out of it and what they hope to also be able to bring to it as well. And so for myself, um, again, like growing up, 
as just like a little bit of a prelude as to why we're even doing this, I went to school for media theory and production. So this is like something that I, I went to school studying. And, and obviously this project is a continuation of the course that I took. And so I wrote essays about like films. I studied films and I really analyzed it. And even being a filmmaker myself, I'm really passionate um, about like the idea of how movies aren't just something there for entertainment i like to think of them almost as like simu like reality simulations it's almost like having a shared waking dream so then rather than just saying like oh here's something cool it's like here's an experience that your soul can actually gain an experience out of can like step in through and come out of the other side a changed individual you know you're just like oh my god like i feel like i went through that journey and so i mean that's one of the things we can talk about is like the different ways we can get into the zone while watching movies and, and there's particular things i want to talk about related to that and so just as like some overview, some of the themes we'll talk about, some of the concepts we'll talk about within this broadcast tonight, um, obviously like big consciousness shifting movies uh, as of recently, you know, things like Doctor Strange is a big one because that's got a lot of themes of like metaphysics, lucid dreaming, uh, not specifically lucid dreaming to a degree, astral projection, hyperdelic reality. Um, you can get into concepts related to like Cloud Atlas. You can talk about like even like 2001 Space Odyssey. You can talk about alien movies. You can talk about Inception, you can talk about Interstellar, you can talk about fantasy movies, stories that can be thought of as like intentionally helping even open someone's heart and promoting a conscious message of like compassion. So we'll let this conversation unfold naturally as it will, because this is really one of those topics where there's an infinity uh, to really get into. So um, some of my, I'll just give two of my favorite conscious and shifting movies, I would say, um, I keep going back to it and I will say it. Princess Mononoke is one of my favorite consciousness shifting movies. There's like a lot of themes within there related to like our connection to nature and like tree spirits. And you got the Kodama, the little tree spirit guys. Those guys are like totally not just something in that movie. They're actually alluding to something quite um, multidimensional and real, uh, depending on your perspective. Another movie um, I would say would be just as an example would be uh, The Fountain. The Fountain is like a super awesome movie for me. Um, and again, we're not going to get too much into like trying to explain every single movie uh, right now, but we will get into particular movies as we kind of go through this. But The Fountain was like a super transcendental movie, um, had some really, really potent themes in it. We'll explain more as I get into it. So with that said, let's pass the talking stick around and hear a little bit more about some of the uh, shifters who are joining us here for this class. And for those of you watching on YouTube, you can join as well. The link to join is in the info for the YouTube video. And of course, inviting you guys to continue to share this broadcast with your friends. And uh, the recordings are always online. So even when you share it, they can still watch it in the future. And shout out to those of you who are watching this in the future as well. So with that said, thank you again, guys. Much love. And uh, let's open up the class discussion by doing some brief introductions and learning a little bit about uh, some of the people who are here and, and what examples of conscious themes, conscious movies that they would like to uh, share with the group so who would like to unmute themselves first and again guys remembering that this is all just practice this is all just fun this is a chance for us as consciousness to continue to help ourselves see a little bit more of what it is that we're doing in this process so karen you unmuted yourself first if you would like to introduce yourself please feel free to just say your name and you can say a little bit about um either one order or the other like two two movie examples and what brings you to uh destiny school today so karen if you would like to go ahead i'll pass the talking stick over to you hey i'm karen from sydney australia 
what brings me to Destiny School is, I don't know, coincidence, saw the thing come up on Facebook, thought, what's this? I was having a discussion about conscious media with a friend of mine. I work as a conscious teacher and um, I've lost you. I don't know if you can still hear me. And I help run a conscious radio station called Soul Traveller Radio that plays all conscious music. And I also have a podcast show which um, interviews teachers, conscious teachers, because I understand the power of media. It's a hypnotic tool uh, that bypasses your alpha brainwaves, goes straight into theta brainwaves because, I don't know, when you're passively watching media or listening to music, you go into that theta brainwave, you go into that relaxed state where information comes in and passes the discerning mind and goes straight into the subconscious. So it's a powerful, powerful hypnotic tool. And I understand the power of it and I wanted to pump out some more empowering messages through this powerful medium that we have called media. And so so stumbling upon this conversation was really synchronistic, don't you think? <laughs> favourite movies. Okay, a couple of favourite movies I watched recently. I don't know if you've seen it. Indigo, starring Neil Donald Walsh, who is a conscious teacher. He's written a zillion books called Conversations with God and he stars as an actor in this movie. It's about the new kids and how they all... Communicate telepathically on a grid system, a, a telepathic grid system. And anyway, it's a good movie. It's an old movie. It's been out for a few years. And then another classic is The Celestine Prophecies. I don't know. I, I watched that again. Like that came out, I think, 10 years ago. I watched that again the other day. It's still really relevant today, what they're talking about in The Celestine Prophecies. So there's a lot of content being made now. I don't know. Do you all know of Bashar? You know, Daryl Anker? who channels Bashar, mm -hmm. he uh, has a business called Zia Films and he's pumping out a whole lot of conscious um, movies. If you go to ziafilms.com, you'll see he's going to make Roswell the musical. <laughs> so, yeah, so nice to meet you all here on Google Hangouts. Where are you all awesome. from? Awesome. You're a Canadian, Thanks. right? I, I recognize your accent. Yes, you recognize my accent, which I barely even recognize. I don't. I, I have an accent. Apparently, we all have accents. Yes, Karen, thank you so much. That's awesome. I, I thank you for bringing your energy. And and yes, as synchronicity would have it, here you are. So this is perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Very cool, very cool. Well, Karen, um, we'll definitely, uh, even any of your links and stuff, feel free to post them in the chat on the side um, just to be able to stay connected and we can post those into the show notes for people who are listening to this. So for people listening to this, anybody that you hear in the broadcast, check the show notes afterwards and you can get the links to be able to connect with them. So Karen, thank you. That's, that's awesome. I look forward to being able to hear and have some more discussion with you. So thank you. Awesome, guys. All right, guys. So with that said, we'll uh, keep <clears throat> we'll keep passing the talking stick around. So who would like to go next in terms of their introduction and a couple movies as examples? So whoever wants to go next, please feel free. Kaya, Kaya, welcome back to Destiny School. We'll pass the talking stick over to you. And uh, go ahead, Kaya. Hi. Um, so I guess... Uh, part of why I'm here right now is because I live and breathe stories. I've, uh, I had a very active fantasy life as a child and um, my spirituality through fantasy primarily. And um, I'm, I actually have a 
literary analysis paper that I uh, have to write that I am doing on the topic of using fantasy and particularly the dialogue between a warrior and a wise entity to convey spiritual knowledge. So this was very synchronistic timing that this conversation is happening while I am preparing to write that paper because it's all connected. Um, two movies that I think have conscious themes in them are um, Maleficent, Timeline. Um, yeah. <laughs> is Timeline that old one where they go back to medieval time? Is that that timeline? Uh, yeah, I think it's like the Hundred Years War or something. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like an older movie, yeah. but from like, yeah, that's a good movie. That's cool. <laughs> cool. So yeah. So again, um, within there, uh, you know, you're getting themes of like time travel, like is time travel possible so again? Like what we're going to be doing here and, and thank you, Kaya. Um, I hope you get some good like ideas out of this. For letting, uh, I'm giving a second for sure before i keep going forward there we go okay we're good perfect <laughs> okay so again like what we're talking about with, with this idea of conscious themes in the movies and media we're talking about the ways of so like how people can start th getting exposed to new ideas they can start getting inspired and and really start beginning to see uh, the world in different ways like that's kind of what movies can do like movies can change the way you look at things and in the process of doing so, like as you change yourself, the way you look at things changes, and then those things changes. And it's this full, it's this full cycle and stuff like that. And at the very least, just inspiring and sparking the spirit is uh, such an important thing. So, Kaya, thanks for joining, and uh, we'll keep passing and talking, stick around. And um, I will say, as we get into this, I'm going to play a sound clip from Jason Silva, who does a great job of summarizing uh, why movies are so awesome. So we'll do that once we go through the introductions. So, Kyle, it sounds like you want to introduce yourself next. Um, if so, we'll pass the talking stick over to you. I'm guessing, Kyle, if you're there. Hell yeah, brother man. What's yeah. going on, everybody? Yeah, okay, Kyle. So you can do your, your introduction, why you're here, and uh, two movies that stand out to you. All right, sounds good. I'm here at Destiny School because I am a lover of the Paradigm Shift community, and we've got some really great things going on. Destiny School is pretty essential to what goes on in the paradigm shift, I think. Um, two movies that I think have a conscious conscious theme to them, or do I think help awake, will awaken people? Um, I'm, I've been trying to think of like some, some really deep ones, but I'm going to have to like take some more time on that, so I'm just going to sort of go with the generic on the top ones. I think The Matrix... Is definitely an awakening movie, and um, I mean, I just walked, I just watched Doctor Strange in preparation for this, and that definitely had some some seriously good stuff in it. So, I'm just gonna go with those two, man. Awesome, awesome. All right, so yes, those are those are some good ones, is there? And uh, yeah, we'll definitely be talking a little bit more about Doctor Strange. Um, that was like 
people have been tuned in the past, you know, that I was like hyping that up for like months before it even came out and stuff. Um, another movie that I'll be talking about specifically within this broadcast is Moana. Uh, that is like the new Disney movie. And we'll be talking a little bit about Disney movies as well. That movie is like so potent and so ripe with conscious themes. And uh, yeah, like without having to give any spoilers away, just really encouraging you guys to go see that. So if you're like, have the chance, stop this broadcast right now and go see it, maybe, or stick around, whatever works. So um, let's keep bouncing around. Thanks, Kyle. And uh, who would like to to introduce themselves next and, and share a couple couple examples. So let's see. Whoever would like to go, Trina. Welcome back, Trina, and we'll pass the talking stick over to you. Hey guys. So um a couple of movies that I really liked um for consciousness of raising were Avatar and uh Interstellar, of course, was really mind-blowing for me. Um and I'm just here to hang out and see what's going on with you guys and hear what you all have to say. Perfect. Perfect. That's awesome. Sweet. Okay. And yes, we'll be talking about, well, again, so I'm kind of like taking notes here as we're doing this. So, so far we got, um, Indigo, uh, Karen mentioned, um, Karen also mentioned the Celestine prophecy. Kaya mentioned timeline and Maleficent. Uh, Kyle mentioned the matrix or sorry, Kyle mentioned. Yeah. Wait, Kyle, did you mention The Matrix as well? Did both of you guys mention The Matrix? Is that what happened? I think that happened. I mentioned The Matrix. I thought yes. she mentioned something else. Trina didn't... Sorry, Trina, which oh, ones wait. did you... Did you say... You said Avatar. Okay, sorry, that's why. Avatar, oh, yeah. Avatar and Interstellar. Thank you. Okay, perfect. So we got The Matrix, we got Doctor Strange, we got Avatar and Interstellar. So we're, we're building a list here, guys, and uh, that's the thing. Like, I was doing this like even at the dinner table i was kind of talking to my parents and getting them to list off movies like there's no end to this so it'll just be uh this broadcast may or may not be five hours long so let's keep going around and uh, we'll continue to process and crystallize things and who would like to introduce themselves next please feel free to unmute yourself and go. go hey welcome back ashley and we'll pass the talking stick right over to you go ahead uh hey guys i love all of you uh beautiful faces um I was going to say Avatar, but that one was stolen. <laughs> um, a lot of the Disney movies that I watch with the kids and or have watched um, when I was a kid have a lot of, I think, conscious uh, themes to them. And one in particular I can think of is My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. I watch that one all the time with my daughter. Um, uh, Practical Magic is one of my all-time favorites. And I'll leave you with that. Now, for that movie, it just may help jar my memory. If you guys second, Ashley. Can you say that again? Uh, <clears throat> you mentioned Practical Magic. I'm not familiar with that movie. Um, it's me... got Sandra Bullock and... Uh... Uh, what's her She's really beautiful red hair? Um, okay. geez, I don't remember. Okay, that's okay. But yeah, we'll, we'll pull it up. So, okay. Cool, cool. okay, awesome. Well, thank you, Ashley. So, we got a couple uh, more examples added to the list there. And again, like with this, 
we are focusing on movies, um, but what we're also going to be doing, again, we're going to be talking about like the synchronicities between movies and also real life. And we're also going to be talking about like TV themes and, and like episodes within media in general. So it won't just be movies. We can get into, uh, you know, TV shows, um, not so much into music at this point, but uh, again, we're going to be exploring, focusing on movies, but also getting into the realms of uh, also like any particular conscious themes within, within TV shows in particular, we can talk about stranger things. We can talk about Westworld. We can talk about sense eight. Uh, those are just a couple that really stand out to me. So we'll uh, keep bouncing around and who would like to introduce themselves next, please feel free to unmute yourself and go right ahead so let's give it a second see it's, uh right now it's just a uh, heidi and jai so if one of you guys or sarah as well if one of you guys wants to hey. heidi okay cool heidi we'll pass it over to you so you can go ahead and, and um yeah heidi um i think that the butterfly effect is very good at talking. Um, and also the jumper, you know, the mm. one about the guy who went back into time. But I had something to say about Sensate, uh, the show. The um, the woman that wrote the books, the the series that came that was inspired that inspired the series on Netflix. She uh, wrote the um, her first like book signing. I went to it and she gave me a copy. It was she never met anybody like the people in her book at all. But she like really wanting to. I mean, it was different for her. She's only heard about them before. Cool, cool. Yeah. yeah, I like um, I like those examples that you gave. Uh, Butterfly Effect and Jumper as well. Those are those are really really good movies. I feel like Jumper is probably um not one that too many are familiar with. Uh, I, I'm trying. Is Samuel Jackson in that movie? Does he play the bad guy again in that movie, or is it someone Thank else? Yeah, he, is. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's usually like. Yeah, I see. It's another thing we'll talk about is kind of like recurring archetypes of actors throughout multiple movies. Um, that's something that is really fascinating as well. But uh, yeah, Jumper is like people who can like literally. It's got that whole kind of lucid dream idea of like if you think of someplace, you can like teleport there. So the idea of like seeing them do this within this movie is also kind of like planting the seed for being able to do it within like our multi-dimensional potential as like dreamers and stuff too. Um, another one I'll just mention just just here in this moment relative to that uh, would be Pan. The movie Pan or Peter Pan in general, uh, a lot of conscious themes within that. If you really just like look at that movie, that story is kind of being about a representation of the dream space. It actually takes like a whole nother spin. And, and for me, it's just like, oh my God, it makes so much more sense. So if you think you can fly, you can fly. So cool. Heidi, um, thank you for, for that. And uh, yes, we'll uh, keep passing around. And uh, yeah, Sensei Wachowskis, uh, we'll, we'll get into it. So we're just laying down the foundations here and uh, let's keep bouncing around. So uh, Jai or Sarah, one of you guys wants to go next, please feel free to do so. And we'll just give a second there for them to unmute their microphone, one or the other. Um, mm -mm -mm. Jai, go ahead. And uh, Hold on, I can't hear you right now. You want to just double check on your ends? 
Give it a go. No, there's nothing coming through right now. I'm not sure. I might just want to double check that. Um, we'll give a give maybe Sarah if Sarah wants to jump in. Sarah, if you're there, you can jump in and Jai. Just let us know, and we'll get it working in a second, or even just join and rejoin. Um, Sarah, are you there? Do you want to try opening up your microphone? Give it a second. All right. Okay. No worries, guys. We'll uh, keep moving along, and we'll hear from them soon enough as we keep going through this. So, um, yeah. At this point, like again, with like this theme, there, there's a lot of different directions. There's a lot of like different ways that we can go in. So let's kind of start by like analyzing a potent example of like a few movies to sort of get in the habit of like taking a movie and sort of observing what the conscious themes are within it. So to start off, let's do a quote unquote easy one and let's look at Avatar. So Avatar is a movie that a lot of people are familiar with. It is a story of like another planet in the galaxy and uh, they have like the inhabitants of the, Na the, Na the Navi and the Navi are like these blue indigenous people. And so what happens in this movie is that through the story of the sci-fi uh, telling, you get this real parallel between like the industrial military complex sort of encroaching and, uh, you know, like destroying on like tribal lands and everything like that. But there's also a lot of like spiritual themes within it. So without even having to say too much here, uh, I just want to be able to pass over to you guys. And, and you guys tell me, like when you guys saw avatar like if you guys can remember the first time you saw avatar think back like what did that movie mean to you at the time and and do you think like has your has your like perception of it maybe changed since you first saw it so if anybody wants to at this point we can just kind of open up the mics to to anyone and again this is just practicing having discussion so let's let's, let's take a look at avatar where again what, what, what did you guys observe with an avatar? What sort of conscious themes really stood out to you? Or how did it even like make you feel uh, in that sense? So there's a few ways that we can take this. So Kaya, go, go ahead. We'll pass it over to you. Yeah. Um, I, the first time I saw avatar, I like, and th this was before my, like my kind of, empath ability really woke up but I feel like it was kind of the beginning of that awakening because I remember having the feeling towards the end of like really being caught up in that collective emotion of like the nature fighting back and everything and like the, the the idea of the collective is very strong in that movie because they are connecting with the animals, they're connecting with nature, and like the trees themselves are alive and are a collective. And so um, that theme of just um, of coming together in a collective is very strong in that movie. Yeah, that's a that again, like that movie does like a very literal representation of like the interconnectedness of things. And so again, like when you think about that movie, that movie is made by James Cameron. James Cameron is a very conscious guy. And um, this is like a really interesting idea um, within the movie. It, it, actually, I almost don't want to mention it. I'll get into it a little bit later, but it has to. I'll, I'll get there when I get there. It has to do with ayahuasca. But basically, like, within James Cameron's objectives, you know, like, he made this movie 
to be able to be your mirror for us to be able to see parts of ourselves, both the good and the bad. And so for a lot of people, maybe going into that movie, maybe they hadn't really been introduced to the idea of our interconnectedness. As as simple as that sounds, because you I mean for a lot of us who are kind of like into spirituality and metaphysics, like, oh yeah, we're interconnected, that's cool. But to be able to like get that potent message out there through a film, powerful idea. Um, and, you know, even just jumping ahead, this is where we can talk about like Star Wars and the idea that the force is actually alluding to a real thing, and you get into like, you know, the the potential of the human mind and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, again, like with Avatar. Uh, the interconnectedness, like the spirituality of the Navi, um, and even just like their perception of the world is uh, such like a, a ripe and potent thing. Um, so again, guys, what, what were your guys' thoughts on, on Avatar? Like if you were to try and explain like some of the conscious themes in Avatar, what were some of the conscious themes that stood out to you guys, that you guys noticed, that you guys saw as like consciousness putting in front of itself to help itself become more aware of like other ideas? So um, if anybody wants to jump in, please feel free to do so. We'll give it a second there. Uh, mm -mm. Um, again, guys, just feel free to unmute yourself. So what I was going to say, uh, one thing that's really interesting about the movie Avatar, and we'll go around with this for a bit, and then I'll play that clip from Jason Silva soon. Um, <clears throat> there's actually a scene that's cut out of Avatar. And there's actually like a, a, a very rough 3D version of it that exists online. And it's basically like this like sacred medicine ceremony. So my understanding slash intuition slash best guess is that James Cameron actually had an experience with ayahuasca before making Avatar. Like he probably had it back in like early 2000s or something like that. And then so again, like as an artist, he, he must have been like, you know, like, how can I tell this story? How can I convey this? How can I use my skills as a storyteller to be able to help, like, get this message out there to the masses? And one of the scenes within Avatar that isn't included is the scene where um, the character of Jake, he, like, has, like, sort of a, a poison. It's not like a poison, but it's like a potent, like, psychedelic within, like, a needle of, a like, a bug that they have. And he injects it. And he goes through this whole psychedelic experience. And it's it's literally like it, it, it would fit into the film, but they cut it out. Um, it was probably just like a little bit too far out there and stuff. But the concept uh, is very real. And, and I, I, you could probably find it if you look up like Avatar, like ayahuasca scene or something like that. You could probably find it. Um, but again, like that in itself was like such a cool concept to, to know that that was like, part of the intention of the movie was to sort of like bring to screen the teachings of sacred medicine as well. Um, this is where you even get into like, you know, like other movies, like enter the void and stuff like that. Um, there's like a scene in that where, where they're like, where he like literally it's like a first person scene of him like smoking dmt um but beyond that it's like this whole thing kind of based on like the bardo of like the tibetan book of the dead and it's like him traveling outside of his body as a in, as a soul and stuff like that um enter the void is another one i'd recommend but again guys uh on the theme of avatar what what are some of your thoughts on like the concepts that that we saw within that because um one of the obvious things is that, you know, like there's a lot of parallels between what we're seeing with that and what we're seeing with like things happening in Standing Rock, which are very real in this moment. So, um, Karen, if you wanted to uh, share any thoughts on Avatar, please feel free to to be able to unmute your microphone and join right in. So, Karen, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I'm just trying to unmute the, the, the camera. Did it work? 
Oh, there's an amazing interview with James Cameron about how he um, got the inspiration for Avatar because he's a really, really, really avid deep sea diver. And um, he actually doesn't make films because that's his passion. He, his passion is deep sea diving and he makes the films to, to get the money to go deep sea diving. <laughs> and all the animals that you see, you know the little things that float around people? They're actually deep sea creatures that do that, like all the animals and and um, plant life, he witnessed much of it under the ocean. So I thought that was really fascinating. I, actually, on my radio, um, I used to be on free-to-air radio. I played that interview. You can download it off the um, net if you Google it, James Cameron talking about the making of it. Yeah, so, yeah, it's fascinating. I, I want Avatar 2 to come out. When's Avatar 2 coming out? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> So, Karen, like, what, what do you think, like, <clears throat> how, do you think Avatar changed the world? Do you, do you think, yes. like, what, what, did it, what did it do to change the world for the audience who saw it? Totally. Well, the thing about conscious movies is that they don't tell you anything you don't already know. They awaken what you know within you. And I think that that's what Avatar did. You know, as you said, it, it showed that egoic part of us that wants to divide and conquer, and then it showed that connected part of us that feels connected to all things, including the planet, the earth, the universe, the cosmos. And he really was like showing us the two aspects of us, the egoic self and the, and the divine self or the conscious self or whatever you want to call it. And I think that what Avatar did, it really activated a lot of people to that awareness and that knowing. Um, and, and a lot of star seeds that are here, you know, it sort of reminded them of home. <laughs> They're like, yes, I come from that place. <laughs> yeah, that's such a great movie. I love Avatar. Yes, I think I've watched it about 10 times. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, like I, I like um I like the idea that you said like the movie like helped activate people. I really do feel that 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 is like what a lot of movies are doing. They're kind of like activating codes within us. And, and like you said, like they're not they're not something that we don't know. It's like all these like ancient esoteric knowledge. It's really like within us. Yeah. So even um again, you know, like that's and kind of branching beyond Avatar and we're kind of connecting the dots at this point. Like even when you look at like the, the Star Wars movie that came out in the last year, The Force Awakens, like literally The Force Awakens, like they're not just talking about it in a movie, they're literally yeah. talking about like within us as individuals. And that's why like Ray is like such like a strong female character and it kind of represents as like this like rise of the divine feminine and stuff like that. So we get like all of these potent themes that that are just like planting that seed within the audience that are just like they're walking away with. And even again, just staying in the star Wars scene, you know, I talked about like some of the reviews that I did last year, but there's like the, the scene where Maz Kanata is talking to Ray and she's talking about the force. And so, and she's being so literal about it. She's just saying, you know, like the force is like all around you. Like you breathe it, it connects you, it binds you and stuff like that. And so it's just one of those things where, you know, you can you can have like this fantastical vision and it looks like it's sci-fi. And then within there, you have like these gems of truth that, oh, yeah. that even the audience may not fully like acknowledge them as pure reality. It's sometimes quite obvious that the filmmakers are just like, this is like more than just, you know, a, a, a fancy idea. Like this is something that we're trying to help pass on to the audience. So I think that all media, everything in media are gems of truth whether it be good, bad, and ugly, you know, like, because it's just, you know, what, what, what is your truth at this time? Is the gem of truth your separateness? 
or is the gem of your truth your connectedness? But, you know, everyone has a different truth at any moment in time and media is just reflecting that. And I think that, you know, sci-fi and, and fictional movies is just a platform to get out conscious, conscious awareness or conscious understanding. It's just a way to get it out there, you know what I mean? And to, to create so that it, it is like the, the forerunner for what becomes our truth. It's people's imagination, right? And their imagination comes from somewhere. It comes from somewhere. It comes from, you know, people call it imagination, but a lot of it is channeling or remembering or, yeah, you know, it's all truth. Yes. And, and, and again, you know, one of the things we say um, within like the using the word imagination, if you like break that down and look at it differently, it's like nation of the Magi. So again, like we're, we're, we're tapping into the nation of the Magi and that's where we're like pulling in all these codes and these information. So, I mean, you know, it, it's really cool because like sometimes you get filmmakers and they are intentionally like making a movie to have, uh, you know, a message that they are promoting. Or even just like a feeling or a vibration or a perception, so to speak. It's not just like one message. And then sometimes you get like films that are almost like, uh, are almost a conduit for, for a higher level of consciousness to kind of work through. Where the filmmakers may not even fully realize what it is that they're doing until like down the road when they're just like, whoa, you know, like that was like foreshadowing or something. Or, or that was like a bigger thing that I even realized. Um, so, I mean, this is where you can, you know, you can start looking into like the, the origins of like the Star Wars and the Star Trek universe. And people talk about how like because of them, they helped inspire the future. Um, now, to get into like a very interesting time loop here, and I'll pass it to Karen in a second. Uh, it, one way is sort of thinking how this stuff happens where it's just like, wait, like did it actually predict the future? Or it gets into this idea that the future already existed and then it kind of like the future created the present and the present created the future simultaneously. Like the Star Trek of the past was actually created as a result of the information from the future kind of like dripping through our consciousness and coming through as like moments of like oh that sounds like a cool idea yeah like you know like translocators and stuff like that and you exactly. know next thing you know Gene Roddenberry who put yeah. out the first Star Wars you know in the 60s you know I, I really um, sort of put off getting an iPhone because he had flip you know flip communicators in the 60s and I, used, I was like loving that my flip phone was, I don't know, 50 years later or 60 years later or whenever it was, was, um, you know, here. And then iPhones came out and I got an iPhone. But that little flip, you know, it was like, this is from the 60s. This was predicted from the 60s. <laughs> but, you know, that, that conversation about is it predicting the future or is it um, being downloaded for the future? There are many different future timelines out there that we can manifest here, again, it's up to choice. What are we choosing? Because they're all out there. All the future timelines are out there <laughs> to manifest. What are we choosing? Exactly. There There's no such thing as time. It all exists. <laughs> exactly, right? And, and again, and that's where we get into the idea of like, how important of a role movies actually play within our culture. Because again, you know, we talk about like mainstream mainstream perceptions, mainstream culture, people go see movies and, 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 and it, you know, you could use the term like hypnotizing or sort of, you know, but, but it's true that like people, like you become what you watch. And, and so in that sense, people just go to movies and they're just like, Oh, you know, we're just going for entertainment. And then 
like over time, it's almost like a gradual and, and almost invisible in some ways, but it does make a difference. And so, you know, an example would be like the impact that Disney has on like young girls wanting to be princesses. And now what's actually happening right now is that the newest movie Moana has come out and again, like this is like another Disney princess movie, but it's far different from other, from the other Disney princesses. Like it is much more sort of shifting that idea of like a prince or a princess being like this like hoity-doity thing that's just kind of like, you know, like up in a castle. But instead it's more about like duty and responsibility to help the people and to help the village and to help like everyone and, and to find yourself in the process. <clears throat> and so the movie of Moana, like just to give you guys a little bit of, uh, of just like some insight as to like what makes it so conscious. It is so ripe. Like within the first minute, you have this whole backstory of like the mother goddess and she's like creating the world and you literally see on screen like Fibonacci spirals and like fractals unfolding and stuff like that. And then there's this whole story of like how the demigod Maui stole the heart of the mother goddess because man asked him to. And then there's this whole story parallel of uh, Moana and she's living on an island with her family and they've been living on the island nice and happy for like generations and generations and they've never gone beyond the reef and yet suddenly the island is like beginning to die and so they have to do something they have to leave and Moana is just like we have to go beyond the reef but they're like no 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 we can't go beyond the reef like don't go beyond the reef and so she is like listening to her own calling and she's like this is what I'm feeling called to do and she's like we have to um, return the heart to to the to the the mother goddess kind of thing and, and the heart in this is actually like a little jewel a little like green jewel that has like the fibonacci spiral on it that comes into moana's possession because like the ocean picks her and uh and then so you have this whole story about her finding herself which is a whole like nosite ipsum thing and that whole axiom of know thyself and, and and just and i'll just say this but like the one thing that really, really, really stands out in that movie is the character of Moana's grandmother. And Moana's grandmother is like an elder of the island. And she's kind of like a Rafiki character. She really carries this whole like ancient shaman vibe. And she like blatantly tells her, you know, like, oh, people think I'm weird because I like to dance with the water and stuff like that. And and you just get like this whole like mirroring process between Moana's grandmother and her. And just like such, oh, there's such beautiful moments. Like I watched a movie, I cried like multiple times throughout it. Um, and and I, I almost like, I don't, uh, I'm hesitant to like sort of like get into details because I don't want to like get into like spoilers and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I will just I will just say that like there's some really 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 potent themes, really heart opening themes related to that movie in specifics, like with like her grandmother and stuff, and and even like there's like the talisman that she carries the necklace on. And it's like a yin yang talisman. So like you see that it's like right there in plain sight. So um, yeah. And, and so that movie, and I'll just say this part and and we'll pass it around. That movie is like very literal in the sense that it's about like bringing the heart back to the mother goddess. It's like bringing the heart back into culture. And so like, that's literally what she's doing in the movie. And so I feel like that story is again, like not just created as something to entertain, but as a Disney movie is actually there to help like spark people's spirit and to help shape culture. And this is like where you get into the idea of like Walt Disney movies and stuff like that. You know, Walt Disney, he was like very into the metaphysics and the spiritual and the esoteric. So it would make sense that he himself didn't just see movies as like, Oh, a way to make money and a way to like, you know, entertain people just mindlessly. But it's like, let's use these mediums to help inspire people. Let's tell them of adventures that will encourage them to go on their own adventures. And I think over the years you sort of saw these, 
these sort of cliches of princesses sort of getting stuck in archetypes. And this is where this movie is kind of like going beyond that to say like, Hey, like this is, this is the past, but this is the future. And a princess is like someone who is like able to call in that responsibility and that duty and to help others and to, you know, be a, a, a voyager is a big theme within this. So now knowing that this movie is out is really inspiring because people are going to start mimicking it. Young girls are going to start mimicking it. They're going to look to Moana as a role leader, role model. And that's going to help like influence, like how they carry themselves with more confidence and and with a broader vision of the world. And even like that whole interconnectedness as well, which is again, a part of the theme within this movie. That movie was like so psychedelic um, and so heart opening, but I I don't want to talk about it too, too much because I don't want to spoil it, but just encouraging people to go see that. Um, But yes, let's take, yes. I just say one more thing. Karen, go ahead. Absolutely. I had a chat with a guy called John Ratz who started a movement called the Global Alliance for Conscious Entertainment with Jim Carrey and Eckhart Tolle. And he said something really interesting to me. He said, it's so important what you feed yourself with your media diet. He said, everyone talks about what food they're eating as he takes a mouthful of his breakfast or lunch or dinner. (laughs) But what are you feeding your, you know, like with the media, what are you feeding your soul, your mind, your heart? And I loved that your media diet. It's so important. It's more important than your physical diet. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I and that's cool because like I've I I kind of use that same thing. Yeah, like you, what what is your media diet? Your spiritual diet and stuff like that. So be it news, be it you know like books, be it movies, be it TV shows. Yeah, like when you go and watch a movie. When I'm going and watching movies, you know oftentimes I'll really do it as like a meditative thing where I'm kind of doing it to like download inspiration from or to download like vision from, you know, so I'll go see a movie that may have some like grand stuff in it and I'll use that to like help like bring concepts into my dream space or just into like my storytelling abilities. Like you go, I watch other stories to get inspired about how I can tell other stories. So you kind of like use similar archetypes and, and you know, even people who have, who have listened to like the global meditations that we do, you know, like that's another form of like conscious and shifting storytelling through media, even though it's just like vocal and, and, and things like that. So the stories are what really, are like making the the impact ever more lasting because it's not just like you if you just jump to the end of the movie and you just watch that you wouldn't have the same impact but you 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 develop this relationship with the characters and again you can become the characters you can experience them so like when they experience like excitement you're experiencing excitement when they experience sadness you experience sadness and like that's what I was doing with Moana like there were moments where I was crying both out of joy and then there were other moments where I was crying out of sadness and there was just like and the music and the synchronization, it's amazing how movies are, again, like this like dream simulation that brings us into a space where it can be inviting us to like open our hearts and to open our minds uh, as well. So yeah, guys, there's so much, there's so much to talk about this. Um, I just want to keep passing the talk and stick around on anything that you guys uh, want to be able to get into. Actually, I will just say, um, Jai, since uh, you're back in, did you want to try unmuting yourself and uh, doing anything that you want to say. And um, I will just say a huge shout out to people in the YouTube chat. Um, I'm going to go back and uh, check in with uh, some of the stuff that you guys are saying there. Cause I know you guys are having some good examples that you guys are talking about. Um, so yeah, like even just going back to the Disney thing, you know, you can look at movies like Fantasia uh, again, you know, like Lion King has some potent themes in it. There's like even a movie that Disney made that is like straight up like Donald duck playing with mathematics and Fibonacci sequence, which is like, 
blatantly obvious and stuff like that. Um, yeah, any of the Pixar movies, the Pixar movies are like so inspiring and stuff. So again, it's 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 really cool to like have a uh, you know as a filmmaker, it's like okay, it's like what is our message that we want to get across? Okay, good, we got that. Now let's build a story around it or something. You know, sometimes they do that. I feel, um, but yeah, okay, let's let's keep passing it around, guys. Uh, and Jeremy, you're you're in here, so we'll just uh, we can pass over to you, Jeremy. When we were doing the introductions. You're just saying, you know, like what brings us here and then two movie examples that have conscious themes within them that, that you want to share. Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I have two movie examples. Um, one that's fresh on my mind is definitely Wally right now. I got to watch Wally the other night and it was like, I watched it once like a long time ago and I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I liked it. But then I watched it like a few, few days ago. And it just blew my mind, like into tiny little pieces. It was amazing, and it felt like it was just like so psychedelic. It was so psychedelic. It, I mean, just amazing themes. Like, um, the whole concept is there's like a, it's like a love story between two robots, a male and a female robot, and the female robot finds this plant, and it's all like the story of the plant, like having to get the plant. It's like the plant is is just. It's crazy. It's very, uh, it's like heart opening, like chakra, kind of like green chakra, heart opening, like stuff with UFOs. I don't know. Like that's, it was, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, so Wally's like fresh on my mind. I was like super surprised by the psychedelic plant consciousness kind of themes in it. Or it's like the, the breakup between plant consciousness and animal consciousness. And then they're reuniting through the world of like the robots, which is kind of like, insects in my mind i don't know so it's but um let's see something else um i guess i'll just leave it at that wally what was the first question there's another question it was just what what brings you here like what you you know (laughs) i don't know i just thought i would come and see what was going on yeah to be part of the mystery it's always fun seeing what's going on here you know for sure for sure that's um. It's cool that you mentioned Wally because I actually watched that this week, like literally, like a, a couple days ago too. And, and similar thing, like I had only seen a part of it, and that movie's from like two thousand eight. And I and it's kind of one of those things where sometimes with movies, it's like there's yeah. so many movies out there, and it's like we're just like saving them for the right time. Like maybe if we saw it back then, we wouldn't have downloaded it in the same way. So it's cool to like go back and watch a movie that may be old, but it's new to you. And and that's always the thing yeah. is that the movie will stay the same, but you change. And therefore, your experience changes as well. So, yeah, Wally was for sure. Oh awesome. my gosh! Like, um, I like when you go back and watch Ace Ventura now, like, and like all there's all these like vegan, like vegetarian themes, which I totally didn't check. I totally missed out on those when I was like, those went like right over my head when I was when I first watched those, and like, and it wasn't until like a few like a year ago when I went back and watched them. I was like, wow, these are like it's like all like these weird like vegetarian vegan like animal rights jokes like nonstop. i'm just like i totally missed out on all that when i was 10 you know when 10 years old so it was kind of crazy but yeah so that would be my second one essentura there you go that's there you go man. So, there you go and um yeah and, and again so like it and, and from there there's part of this discussion is just kind of like connecting the dots in some ways. Um, but when you talk about Ace Ventura, obviously you get into the theme of Jim Carrey and Jim Carrey is a great example of a person who is like consciously brought into movies that have conscious and shifting, 
consciousness shifting themes. Um, like a lot of his movies, I just kind of want to yeah. like pull up like a IMDb um, that we got. But yeah, so like Ace Ventura, uh, Eternal Sunshine. Um, the, uh, the number 23 was like another one uh, the, the the Truman Show oh that was really the Truman Show thank you that's like a perfect one that's like so like, take the Truman Show for example like if you're looking at that at like a philosophical like so allegory and stuff like that you know high down because it's very it kind of parallels what we're what we can get into with the Matrix how you know the Matrix is kind of like this this allegory for it's it's a it's another version of the allegory of the cave kind of thing and just kind of like seeing that like the yeah. reality that we that we know and are familiar with may not be like the the real it may be an illusion it may not be like you know the be all end all kind of thing um, right yeah 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 for sure um yeah. matrix is just sort of its own whole world and like universe mm-hmm. i think but yeah, the Truman Show definitely has the similar themes, and it's like contacting the, it's it's the I think it's called solipsism, the solipsistic self. We all we all have the, a part of ourselves which believes that we are the only being that exists, and it was just such a naked parody. I mean, not even a parody; it was like a, a examination of that whole concept. It was almost like. I'm sure there's lots of people out there who are solipsists who watch that film and are like, "Yeah, that's me." This, is, this film was made for me. Like this is, you know, or something. I don't know, but yeah. Really so, cool. I, I, um, you guys were talking about art as prophecy for things which have, um, like, in the future. Did you? There's um, there's all these like oh, interesting like Donald Trump like references and like in like cartoon media with like the Simpsons. Oh, like Simpsons. <laughs> Back to the Future and stuff. And Back to the Future, yeah, Biff, yeah, yeah. you know, Biff, like, like, and I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I sometimes I, I worry about that whole concept, but I think, I think there's a lot of, you can survive off of the philosophical, like, profundity of, of art bef- without having to tie it into a mystical, like, projection mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You, you, I mean, there's a mysticism in it just with, like, the present moment and just being alive and watching the themes that, reiterates and rehashes all the different ways that we process information and all the different ways that people are different than us and get the same. And it's, it's always so profound. It doesn't have to necessarily link up with uh, something like solid in the future or something to do with like politics or history. It'd be scary if it does, you know, every piece of art is like a piece of prophecy. It's like, it'd be kind of intense, I think, you know, but I'm sorry. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Yes. Um, I want to be able to thank you, Jeremy. I want to be able to pass it over to Karen, actually, Karen, I'm just reading your comments in the chat. Um, Karen's saying that you, you actually got an interview, uh, had a chance to interview, um, Tom who made the Truman show. Um, maybe Karen, can you tell us a little bit about that? If, if maybe he shared like what some of like his like vision and intention was going into making that movie here. Anything that you want to share, I'm fascinated to hear when you get a chance to talk. Tom Sadiak is one of the most amazing people on the planet. I'm a bit in love with him. Um, he 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 was a really successful movie director, producer, and his first movie that he cut, you know, he was like seven years in, um, sorry, eleven years slugging it out in Hollywood, 
and then he made Ace Ventura. He said he took a punt on an unknown actor that was crazy called Jim Carrey and he made Ace Ventura and that put him on the world stage. And he said that, you know, he made um, I Love You Chuck and Larry, Bruce Almighty, Evan Almighty, a whole lot of comedies, right? And he became richer and richer and richer and richer and he bought this like 18 uh, bedroom mansion in the Hollywood Hills and realised that it didn't matter how rich and famous he got, he wasn't any happier. And, in fact, he felt more isolated the more rich and famous he got and he wanted to get back to connection. So he sold his mansion and donated most of his money to charity and moved into a trailer park where, where he lives now. Um, it's a nice trailer park, two-bedroom, small place. And he had a bike accident where he thought he might die and he thought... You know, all these movies that he was making with comedy was getting some of his music out of him, like his, his heart song, his consciousness, but he really wanted to explore it and, and discuss it before he died. So he took himself and four people around the world asking, he said, the world's most important questions to some of the greatest minds, and he made a documentary called I Am, which is a brilliant doco if anyone wants to see it. He also, at the same time, it took about four years to make that, he uh, commissioned his, uh, his cinematographer, a guy called Roka Belich, to make a movie about happiness. And he made a documentary called Happy, which is a fabulous, you know, what makes us happy. So he went around the world with the four people and a camera and um, asked people what makes them happy. And personally, I like Happy better than I am. It's a really great doco. So, yeah, Tom is just awesome. He's written a book. He teaches at university. He lectures on this subject, consciousness and media and what makes us tick and how can media help. And, yeah, he's just an awesome man. You can tell I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. <laughs> so, yeah. That's it. <laughs> any more? Do you want me to say anything else? Where'd Brendan go? Did we lose him? Oh, we, we, we might have lost him. Can you hear me? Yeah. No, that was, that was awesome. So when did you get to interview him? Um, when did you it was about four or five years ago now. It was just when he released I Am. And, okay. um, yeah, I, yeah. Remember, I remember seeing the trailer for that and getting, like, super excited because I've always thought that, like, you know, oh, my gosh, the Ace Ventura, like, well, like, the, the Jim Carrey is just so amazing. And I know that he's done, like, a lot of really interesting, like, philosophical talks in the last, like, five years or ten years or whatever. So yeah. I was really stoked to see that. And then I forgot about it until just now. So thanks for reminding me. But so you got to talk with him. Was it during one of the, like, tours for the documentary or, or something like this? Or Yeah, well, um, I was here in Australia and he was over there in the States. So we did this Skype chat. But I, I popped oh, the okay, link wow. on the chat there. Um, so it was for radio, actually. It wasn't Skype because I was on uh, community radio at the time. So it was just a telephone conversation. But um, you now I do videos. But, uh, yeah, so it's just he and I on the phone, the recorded phone conversation. Are you back, Skull Babylon? <laughs> Is he back? <laughs> maybe maybe he's back. Maybe he's not. You know, who knows? <laughs> the, the, the mystery man. Mystery yeah. Mystery you guys skull. hear me now? Is it okay? Oh, hey, Jai. What's up? All right. Awesome. How are you doing, man? You wanted to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy? Well, that's that's one of the movies that, arguably, that's my favorite movie now, favorite sci-fi movie, just because each character in there, I feel, matches two of the Zodiac signs perfectly. And mm -hmm. that's how I've been researching this universal law called divine friendship. These universal laws 
are these unwritten laws that govern these physical laws. Like there's physics and then there's metaphysics. And now I kind of see that as metaphysics is the study of how these physical laws that we experience are governed. And how I experience divine friendship is people exist in your life to make things easier for you, to reduce the resistance you feel. And you're there to help them as well. You're, it's wise to surround yourself with helpful right. people. So that's what this movie is all about. I mean, all these people of different walks of life come together in different races and mm-hmm. they're there to just help each other and they don't even know why. And it's just beautiful at the end. I don't know spoilers for whoever hasn't watched it. It's just, it's amazing. Nice. Nice. And uh, have, is, has this film, have you seen it a few times? It came out like a few years ago, right? Have you probably seen it a few times? Um, like, has it changed for you since when it first came out to uh, after after a while or, or have you always like seen the same message in it? Um, are, are you talking about Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, yeah. Two, two. I, only, I only saw it once oh, and okay. I paid really much attention to it. <laughs> um, I, I want to see it again okay. because I was under, under a different altered mental state so I wasn't fully right. able to see everything. There's so much that went on in that movie. Uh, the most recent movie I've seen that I want to talk about is Looper. It totally blew me away. Just okay. the message of it um, like like the ending is just wow because it, it's not really an action movie it's it's a really a movie about family values and just really choosing a decision that really impacts your influence I mean I, I was moved by it I was moved by it nice that are just like usually always touch me like I'm usually in tears like I can I can barely cry if I, like when I was little I, I decided Aww. like when I was twelve. I decided it's, it's not manly to cry anymore. So now whenever I watch like a, a Miyazaki film, any Miyazaki film, I start right. just tearing up. It's like two or three tears and then <laughs> that's it. <But> yeah. <laughs> if you guys know a good way I could just release all this, like whatever I'm, I'm holding in, let me know. Anything. Wow. These, uh, you know, the eyes are the window to the soul and, and tears are kind of like the squeegee guys that hang from the skyscrapers, you know. <laughs> it's a dangerous job, you know. You got to pay them to get up there so yeah. consider paying your squeegee guys more and then maybe they'll come and give it give you a good wash over I don't, know. Yeah. I don't know i love it i love it yeah and what's interesting is uh going back on what i was talking about divine friendship i've been doing like an ongoing personal market research study i've just been asking everyone their zodiac sign and i've just been tracking divine friendship that way people who exist in my life so there's three main parts to your astrology. Most people only know one, their sun sign. So my sun sign is Sagittarius. That's kind of like your inner urge, uh, method of, uh, like default method of operations, how you usually act. And moon sign is Aries, how you think. And my rising sign is Gemini, which is kind of how people see initially, how you tend to act outwards. And it's fascinating I've been able to match the zodiac signs to like different physical personalities. Like Taurus usually has like a really strong, muscular, firm build, and Gemini is usually kind of like uh, like yeah. like a ballerina, like like tiny and nimble. It's, it's very interesting. very interesting. Nice. And kind of short and snacky. Yeah, I I have a Sagittarius rising and an Aries sun. So, and then my, my I, I was like, if you say your rising is cancer, I'm going to want to be like, oh my God, but my rising is, your rising is Gemini, sorry, it was, it was Gemini, mine, mine's cancer, so. That's so, <laughs> so, 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 so,
talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, how it, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what's really cool right, is I'm so back in here, guys. Just oh, he's just checking. Brendan, go ahead. Brendan wants, <laughs> wants some breadcrumbs. Okay. <laughs> um, um, I was just gonna one one last one thing about friendship and astrology is the sextile position like is supposed to be represent friendship. So that's um, two like sixty degrees away from something on either side is supposed to be like the the friendship area. So um, and and directly opposed as well. So it's the the peace sign is like opposition and then sextile. So so if you look at a position, so like. Um, Aries will get along best with Gemini's and Aquarius's and also with Libra's. So it's like the peace sign thing. Oh, I love Aquarius. It's funny you say that because aside yeah. from those three yeah, things, we'll uh, loop this back into movie things in a second. Movies. I know, bro. One, one <laughs> so, more thing. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, guys. This all relates somehow. It, it, it's after I discovered the other parts of your astrology. Like if you go on a website like Astrology Cafe, you get everything. You get like your houses and to just every, everything else that's in there. And, I, and I'm just like, wow, there's so many more significances. Like I have every sign of the Zodiac somehow significant with some part of my life. And recently Aquarius has been so significant to me. I don't know why, but that's my, that's my mid heaven. So maybe you can tell me more about that. But so many Aquarius have been saving me money. My business partner is Aquarius. It's just, yeah, it's awesome. Oh, all right. All right, Brendan, it's all yours. <laughs> well, well it, it's cool because you guys got me thinking. I'm like, I'm like, have there been many movies that have like blatant astrology themes in them? Like, I feel, I feel like it would be kind of cool if there was like a movie of a guy who would be like a steer, like S E R, and kind of maybe like his perception of the world and, and maybe he had like a hyper like encoded perception of astrology and synchronicity and stuff like that. I feel like there could be like a story there for a movie that hasn't come out yet or something something to do with like sort of like heightened intuition but um yeah like the the astrology thing uh yeah it's interesting i'm just trying to think if there's any movies there um cool guys okay let's keep bouncing around uh what was because I, I dropped out there for a second so we were talking about the treatment show karen was talking about the interview that she had with the fellow involved with that film um Let's take a moment here to just uh, segue into the clip from Jason Silva that I want to be able to play here. Um, and this is just going to be like a bootleg version played out of my speakers. But if you go to facebook.com forward slash Jason Silva, uh, you can find it there. And um, I'm not sure what the title for this video is, but uh, yeah, it's about like the reflection of cinema. So we'll do this here, guys, and then we'll uh, come back in a second. And uh, yeah, we'll talk specifically um, maybe about a couple other movies. We can talk about... Um, I mean, the Doctor Strange movie is something that I want to talk about. We can talk about, really, I want to be able to like let you guys like practice talking about you know some of the exciting movies that that really made a difference in your life. And and that's one of the things is that like you know within a lot of these stories, you'll hear people who like went and saw a movie and they'll say like, yeah, it literally changed me. Like after that, I was like more perceptive of something. Um, for example, and I mentioned this in the pre-broadcast, but like our buddy Andrew uh, uses the example that Tomorrowland was like part of his awakening and there's like a big speech within Tomorrowland that like really uh, shifts some paradigms as well so let's um step back and we'll listen to Jason Silva here and he's going to talk a little bit about like what what movies and what media are like really trying to accomplish and, and I think the beautiful thing is is that like they're they're you know there's what we we're talking about earlier they're like us kind of bringing 
what's in our dreams and what's in our imagination into a tangible form so that we can share. It's creating like a, a technology that allows us to have like a shared dream experience. Um, so it's very much in tune with like the whole theme of us being creators, uh, you know, of this collective dream together. So give me a second here guys. And I'm just going to adjust something here so that you guys are going to hear the audio, but it's not going to be perfect quality. And um, nonetheless, we'll um, or actually, let me just see. I'm just going to see if I can do like a quick screen share. Yeah. Okay. We'll just do a screen share as well. So I'm just going to do screen share for those of you watching on YouTube and, um, and a little bit later in the broadcast, we can also talk a little bit about the journey to lucidity movies as well, which are the full length conscious movies that I've worked on and, and some of the intentions behind those, uh, as well. Cause I feel they're kind of parallel to what Jason Silva is talking about. So here we go. This is um, a video from Jason Silva and let me just check the audio one second here. Okay. Here we go guys. Beep, 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 beep. And all right, and play. Jane Youngblood wrote in a seminal book called Expanded Cinema that cinema reflects mankind's historical drive to manifest his consciousness outside of his mind in front of his eyes cinema is a technology that allows us to hold up a mirror to ourselves i believe it's the only way in which we can actually see the interior states of another literally subjective experience can only be presented through cinema now one of my favorite genres of cinema that particularly plays with the subjective perspective is magical realism it probed the parameter the liminal zone between dreams and reality, the false reality genre that is the secret thrill of every fan that wants that moment when baseline reality dissolves and no new reality has yet emerged in its pixelating wake. It's that moment of doubt. It's that moment of dream. that winking intimation that says maybe it is life itself that is the dream. And I just love that buzz. I love the fact that reality becomes charged with a kind of supernatural energy when you leave the movie theater. And it reminds me why I think we are so much more than what we think we are. And that's what I think. Awesome. All right. So there you go, guys. This is a little, little audio clip uh, video from Jason Silva. And um, yeah, he's making some amazing stuff. So yeah, let's, uh, let's kind of continue to just like go around the circle and, and let's, um, you know, what movies do you guys want to talk about that, that really stood out to you and, and just kind of like, what are these movies really accomplishing um, from, you know, some movies, they really help us like see more of the magic in this world. So movies, they echo what's happening in reality. Um, you know, one thing we can talk about is like the new Rogue One movie has some very interesting parallels between like that and like what is happening at Standing Rock right now. It's like this whole idea of like the rebellion and like, you know, just like standing up against like the oppression of the empire and stuff. And, and it's just, you know, save the rebellion, save the dream kind of thing. Um, but yeah, a lot of movies, they really help us like become more aware of the magic or to see the magic um, through like the exploration of what the characters experience within the movies. Uh, Pete's Dragon was like a one that did, one that did this recently uh, that really 
really stood out for me. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, I just want to let you guys, uh, we'll pass the talk and stick around. Uh, what are, again, you know, like when it comes to like conscious and shifting themes within movies, what do you guys want to talk about? Be it specific movies, be it like personal experiences and, uh, keeping in mind that this is all just practice. So if anybody wants to jump in and help direct some of the class discussion, please feel free to do so. And we'll just give it a second here if anybody wants to jump in or if anybody even has a question for the group as well. And, um, you know, even going back and like looking at like films that Kubrick made, you know, 2001 Space Odyssey, like that was like such a different movie at the time when it came out back in like 72 and stuff. Um, Just imagining like what like a movie like that would have been like for people in the time. Um, It's just like so out there. So, you know, just mind blowing in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, go ahead, guys, if you guys want to unmute yourself and uh, we can talk a little bit more, just bringing in more themes of like conscious and shifting movies and stuff. So, Kaya, go ahead. Um, yeah, just like in terms of like revolution themes and everything, um, the Hunger Games Mockingjay is a really big one. I I remember that really (laughs) sparked the uh, revolutionary in me when I watched that. And um, also the the show Continuum has, like, a lot of revolution themes and time travel and alternate timelines and, like, kind of the, the organized chaos of future changing the past, changing the future, like it all just coming together somehow. Um, Cause when you were talking about with Star Trek, like the idea of like the future causing itself in a way by like that show being created because of information from the future which could have led to that future being real um there's a lot of that that happens in continuum as well because like the the guy who invented the technology that exists in the future is like early 20s when they go to the past and so it's just this very interesting thing of him like repairing and improving his own technology that he hasn't actually invented yet yeah um anyway i i need to go but that that was one thing i really want to bring up was continuum because that that's a really awesome show (laughs) a lot of different stuff going on Kaya, just before you go, if you don't mind me, um, just asking, like, because like you're doing your paper on like fantasy and stuff like that. Um, how do you feel that like fantasy like helps like either like inspire you or like inspires the people? You know, like when we get into like the whole like, you know, like Chronicles of Narnia, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and stuff like that. Like, what do you what do you what do you sort of see the importance of those movies as? Um. Well, the um. The series that's had the biggest impact for me is the Sword of Truth series by Terry Goodkind, which I um, just finished my second read-through of really recently. I, I started reading the first book back in, like, 
late May, early June, and finished the last, um, the 12th book, like just actually I finished the last book literally two days before the election. <laughs> and like throughout the entire time I was reading through the series, I was going through like my own kind of transformation, deep healing process. And like, it was no coincidence that I read what I read when I read it because so that I could understand what I needed to understand in the moment that I needed to understand it. And um, just ever since reading that series, like I, kind of really live my life by a lot of the ideals that um, came through in that because it has um, the wizard's rules, which there's one introduced in each book. And it's things like um, passion rules reason for better or worse. Um, the greatest harm can result from the greatest intentions. Um, there's magic and sincere forgiveness. Um, the overall lesson of the series is your life is yours alone, rise up and live it. And um, so I, I just, I feel like we, like all of, like from all of time, like stories are kind of how we learn how to be, you know, I, we, we are told stories as children and that like that is when we learn how to be so how to be from what we're exposed to as children which is stories and if we can like continue that continue learning from stories creating stories like we can you know just kind of increase that collective knowledge and it, it gives us a way to understand things in a different context and um also like i remember i had a conversation with someone um because i was talking about a movie um another movie with conscious themes um which is the bulletproof monk and i was you know kind of just saying randomly that I um, realized I should watch that movie again. And my friend was saying, you know, well, go back to the source because that's only like 2% of the knowledge. Like, you know, go back to like, you know, the, the philosopher or whatever. And I realized that a lot of what attracts me in fantasy I want just that 2% so that I can create the rest of it myself and figure out what, what that little piece of knowledge means and, you know, create this whole world of knowledge from that 2% that is my own. Um, yeah. Very cool, very cool. Yeah. And I, I like what you're saying there, like the idea that like, it's, it's always been like through stories that we have like been able to pass on lessons and to be able to pass on, you know, teachings and stuff. And, and that's so true. You know, like it's, it's the story that we are able to sort of like create this world and within that world, there are like, you know, like consequences and there is danger and there is, you know, virtue and everything like that. Yeah. Within there, like we have the story of characters 
And the characters, you know, oftentimes like are there to sort of like show us what we can become to show us like what is already inside of us. And this is where you get into the whole idea of like the hero with a thousand faces, you know, the, the whole idea of like the hero's journey, which is sort of this recurring pattern. And, and you hear, um, you know, Joseph Campbell, Campbell talks about this in the book here of a thousand faces. And you get into that of like the star Wars stories representing the archetype, lots of different stories of like the hero kind of like going through these trials and tribulations and like going through doubt and then like rising and then like stepping into like the, their own divinity in a way or their own sovereignty or their own empowerment um, as well. And so, yeah, like it, it's interesting to think of like, just, you know, if, if back in the day, if like tribal culture had movies, what type of movies would they make? You think back on the stories that they told around the fireplace and how magnificent those must have been, you know, they're just ripe with the imagination. And I think that's a beautiful thing, right? Like when you're telling a story, people can begin to imagine the same thing. It creates this hyperlink between our brains. And yet when you create a film, there's no like second guessing like, Oh, like what does this scene look like exactly? Like you're seeing it, you're sharing it, you're experiencing it. Um, but there still is this degree of uh, subjectivity uh, as well, which again makes it unique for every person. Like, you know, a hundred people could watch the same movie and all see it differently right? Because it's all going to be based on like what it means to them and, and just like their own relationship to the characters. And, and I think that's a really cool thing. And, and um, yeah, Kaya, I just want to say, cause I, I know you got to get going. Thanks again for, for joining and, and all the best with your, your paper. So yeah. And uh, Kaya, is there any, anything else you want to just say before you head out for all the other shifty shifters out there? Wanna... Um, I, I guess just, you know, like keep, Keep dreaming, keep imagining, (laughs) keep creating the world and, you know, just remember that, like, you know, it's, it's not, like, it's a good thing to go to, to have other worlds to go to because, like, sometimes we need that space to, like, have the space to figure out what is it that we actually want in life like at the core you know sometimes we need to let go of our preconceived restrictions to figure out what we actually want and once we figure that out we can realize that those restrictions don't actually restrict what it is we actually want um so yeah I, i just i feel like you know, stories are just so important. I mean, I, I just, I, I live and breathe stories and it's also part of how I connect with people too because I, like, I've discovered that I weave people together my own story because I'll have a conversation with someone and tell them my story and I'll learn something from that conversation And then I'll go and have another conversation with someone and I'll tell my story again, including what I just learned from a different conversation. And that process just keeps going on and on so that the other people around me are learning the same things that I'm learning through me telling my own story in its (laughs) ever-evolving you know, evolution and, um, 
so yeah stories bring people together and mm -hmm. show us how to be and yeah totally totally yeah well kayo um there's gonna be so much more we'll have to catch up later um but yeah if you gotta go then thanks for stopping by and stuff so much love um and, and do feel free to stick around Kai, but because yeah like i want to be able to get into quite a few themes uh within here and and again you know like we're talking about the ways of like how movies can almost present like a blueprint for how to change the world in some ways and, and that can be like activating the superhero within or you know like opening the heart or creating with the mind and at the same time you know we also have to look at the the in the same way that like movies can inspire people to be like super awesome co-creators movies can also have quote-unquote adverse effects and so i'm just kind of like reading a little bit in the uh, live chat on youtube and shout out to you guys there um you guys are still a part of the class as well um yeah like keeping in mind you know like let, let's just sort of like take a moment here to sort of begin to weigh the effects of what consciousness can have on mass culture on people on individual because it's it's true that like it can be very inspiring and spark the spirit but at the same time you do get some movies that are kind of just like this like almost like dulling kind of like a almost like a like an opium for the masses or something like that um you know i i kind of feel like you get some of the the big action movies um you know i i i hate to do it but like using like transformers or something as an example and not to say there aren't conscious themes within transformers because there are but it seems as if like you know oftentimes hollywood studios they have to kind of like weigh it out where it's just like okay you can have like a few conscious themes but we're gonna have to like put in some more explosions if we do or else like you know we don't think people's attention spans will last um but yeah like uh, focusing on the idea of like adverse effects quote unquote like do you guys feel that can you guys think of maybe some movie examples that in some ways might be like you know like blatantly like trying to like impose like, like fear on people or uh you know like getting them thinking uh limited thought forms obvious examples with this would be like alien invasion movies, you know, would be a big one, you know, when we're talking about like the concept of extraterrestrial life and stuff, a lot of people would be like, well, you know, there's a lot of benevolent races, but Hollywood will commonly, uh, you know, like stereotype aliens as being this, this enemy who's out to destroy us and stuff. And so is that subconsciously programming us? Um, and, and, and so it's, it, again, there's a lot of different ways. Uh, Jai, if you go out, uh, say something, go ahead. Jump right uh, in. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> on, that, on, that, on that note, uh, I have to leave soon, so I want to say okay. about the Alien movie. There's an Alien movie I saw recently. It's called The Fourth Kind. If you guys haven't seen it, I highly encourage you to see it. It's basically uh, a true story reenacted. It's about a psychologist who went mad, basically, um, because her, her husband, who was also a psychologist, got ab abducted or murdered by aliens or something, whatever you want to call it. And it, it has, like symbology of ancient Sumerian languages and apparently it's based on a true story. I don't, I haven't done more research or to dig deeper onto this, but you guys may know more about it, but it's a really fun, I think it's a really fun spiritual movie because it, it borderlines truth because it's, it based, it's based on real experiences and it actually shows video recordings of what really happened. And, and then the reenactment too, side by side. So it's, it's kind of interesting videography experience too. Yeah, that's what I wanted to share. Is that yeah. the one with owls? Yeah, that's yes. the one with owls. Yes, and yeah. Amelia Jovovich is in that too. And oh, she's uh, Lilu in uh, you know, the Fifth Element. And the Fifth Element, like that's a 
that's a movie in itself, right? Like what is the fifth element in that movie? You know, it's talking about like earth, air, wind, water, fire, but then like the fifth element, depending on how you interpret it can almost be thought of as like love, you know, like there's like that scene at the end where they're trying to bring it together. And it's like when um, like Dallas and her like kind of like share that moment that it kind of like activates it all. So it's just like the fifth element is love is kind of a really cool idea. They're actually remaking that movie, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, going, going back to the aliens, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot to talk about there. And I, and I think that is like worth looking at, you know, look at, look at how representations of aliens have been depicted in movies over the years. Um, again, look at, you know, like George Lucas with like ET, there was some really potent themes there. ET was like teaching all about the heart and he had like some like psychic abilities and he was probably a Jedi in some ways. Um, the newest movie that came out arrival is a really 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 good like alien movie it's not like an action movie it's it's it's, like more of like psychological and stuff um this is like kind of a spoiler and everything but uh within that movie like through the communication with the aliens it gets into this idea of the aliens actually being able to like perceive time from a non-linear sense so that movie basically brings people through this this whole scenario where by the end of it they have the potential to start thinking about the idea that time is not this linear thing as we see it to be which is what in the arrival you see like this like circle and it kind of looks like like an ouroboros and that's like part of their language and stuff um so again you know it seems that this movie uh, the, the the filmmaker was trying to do more than just like create like a cool alien movie but they were trying to like get people to think bigger thoughts about this reality um especially in our relation to time and, and i think the movie did it quite well i'm sure a lot of people walked out of that and now if somebody else like brings up the concept of non-linear time they'll be able to use the movie as like a reference be like oh you kind of mean like in you know in the movie arrival um so i mean this is and i'm sorry i'm just kind of bouncing around here but again like that's where movies are really handy because within culture they can become reference points for us to be able to start having conversations and and we haven't really mentioned it much this class even though it's one of the obvious ones but like you get into inception and you think about what inception did uh, as an example a few years ago when it came out it really got people beyond the movie starting to get interested in the concept of dreaming and dream exploration and things like that so you know you start talking about dreaming you know people be like oh yeah you know i saw the movie inception like i think i know what you're talking about and stuff and that's where even with the new movie doctor strange it gets into all these spiritual themes and multidimensional reality and you're not just your physical body and you're actually capable of like traveling through portals inside your mind and it's very like psychedelic and stuff you know you can bring that introduction to people and they'll be like oh like in the movie doctor strange okay i know what you're talking about kind of thing so um yeah movies can be jump points but yeah uh link like link portals for idea but yeah going into like the concept of like alien movies um and going into the concept of like you know like sort of adverse like negative things in in alien movies i guess like independence day would kind of be an obvious example like were there well but again it's not just black and white but you guys tell me using independence day as an example do you feel that there are conscious themes in independence day can you guys think of any and even if they are just kind of like inspirational so to speak what do you guys think if you guys had to like analyze really like break down independence day like what would you see it as conscious unconscious fear love i'm trying to remember anything about that movie i i know that it has the guy from jurassic park with the laugh jeff jeff goldblum yeah i guess he's kind of like he's like his own like conscious theme because he became a meme (laughs) he did (laughs) so so, so there you go i don't know yeah um 
I think there's something about like just like being in the nick of time with him. Like and he had to like think of, of thinking outside. There's, that's one thing with media. They always like movies are always talking about thinking outside the box. You know, the, the character that's rewarded them. Oh, Jeremy just dropped there. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, so within like the, uh, within the movie independence day, like you, you sort of have like this whole idea of like aliens are bad and like aliens are kind of like, you know, here to destroy the world and stuff like that. Um, but within there, if I had to like focus in on what conscious themes came out of it, it came out of the whole idea of like unity and coming together and overcoming the odds. So again, you know, conscious themes can really become like this subjective way of kind of looking at things. And, uh, you know, when we're saying conscious, like conscious means like, us experience it as itself uh, it can be like you know a reference to awareness so a consciousness shifting movie can be the idea of like awareness expanding um okay this is uh interesting bum, bum, bum. all right so we just had a few people just uh involuntarily uh leave the chat which sometimes happens and i'm not sure if they actually got like ejected or if it just kind of like randomly closed on them um so we're gonna give a moment for them to be able to join back in uh in the meantime i'm gonna be able to just check into uh, the live chat as well unless uh heidi you're still here heidi if you want to say anything please feel free <laughs> to join in i'm not very talkative sorry no worries no worries um because like heidi the movies uh yeah you were talking about um butterfly and uh butterfly. jumper and sensei you mentioned sensei right yeah. 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 Do you want to maybe just like, um, for people who maybe haven't seen Sense8, do you want to try maybe explaining like what kind of the premises behind that? And that's like from the people who did The Matrix and Cloud Atlas, which we haven't talked about mm -hmm. Cloud Atlas yet. Um, but yeah, go go ahead, Heidi, if you want to just this. Well, um, basically, people all over the world are just connecting to each other. They can see each other in, in short bits of time and they can like feel what each other are feeling like at spontaneous moments and then like they can receive like skills that they've never had before from their these other people that they're connected to and they have to like help each other from all over the world and finally at the end they're all I don't know. I can't really tell you what happens. <laughs> yeah, like that That movie is like really cool because it has a lot to do with these ideas that like these people are kind of like one soul fractaled into multiple humans. So yeah, you're getting this this whole idea of the, the you know, can can multiple souls like exist can one soul exist as like multiple incarnations happening simultaneously uh within like parallel reality or within a sim simultaneous parallel experience um so that's pretty interesting um okay so this is uh oh, damn it this sucks um, okay yo that person is uh totally yeah. okay so um yeah this this kind of sucks this is like a little bit of uh updating guys on just like what happens so every now and then it's like in some weird way people can join and they can like kick people out of the chat and it doesn't allow them to rejoin so i'm not entirely sure if all the people who like got kicked out are able to rejoin but sometimes like people like join and and just like troll the hangouts and it's like google hangout not being able to let us mitigate it properly which is like super weird 
Um, yeah, this is, I totally know this is like exactly, yeah. So I'm just going to keep kicking that person. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I apologize, guys. Um, that's really unfortunate that somebody had to come in here and uh, sabotage the uh, broadcast like that because I'm not entirely 100% sure if, um, you know, Jeremy is going to yeah. be able to rejoin, if uh, Kyle's going to be able to rejoin. Um, yeah, like Jeremy's saying, he says, like, I can't rejoin because I've been blocked by a user. Oh, that sucks. That's such a bullshit thing. And I'll say it because, like, that pisses me off that people would come in and do that. And it pisses me off that like that Google Hangouts doesn't have a way to present that. Um, and I know who it was. Like it was a person. I saw them in here. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, if people want to be able to join, I'm gonna post the link into the uh, YouTube live yeah. chat. So at this point, we are inviting more people to be able to join into the hangout. Um, right now, it's just like me and Heidi. <laughs> so. Which is cool, which is cool. Um, but yeah, we're just going to take like a moment here to see if there's any way. Yeah, for people listening, yeah, literally like none of them can join. Like literally like five people got kicked out and none of them can join. This is like the same person who did it during the last broadcast too. Uh, I just got to keep a trigger finger on it. Unfortunate. So yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, again, like it's not really something that like I have like full preventative control over, unfortunately. So right now we're kind of like in like this like limbo stage where, you know, like I could, yeah. See, look, this is like another person just joining. But how do I, how the hell do I like block them? Block them? That's so freaking stupid. Go freaking figure. So I apologize, guys. This is like the unfortunate part of like doing things on the internet is trolls show up so okay okay nathan, nathan sure thing okay perfect thanks all right okay so um again we're just gonna have to like repopulate the class uh with a couple new people and uh for those of you who maybe got kicked and booted try logging in with a different account so try a uh, different accounts login. So yeah, we're just going to take a moment here to sort of like see what we can do to get some more people joined in. Um, Nathan, go ahead. I, I just mute yourself to help temporarily, but go ahead and unmute yourself if you just want to join in on the conversation of conscious themes and movies and media here. So um, Nathan, when, when you're ready, you can go ahead and unmute yourself. Give it a second if he's there. No worries. Okay, cool. Um, mm, 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 mm. So yeah, I just want to be able to like take a moment here. Um, just, I'm just kind of multitasking. Try using. Uh, All right, Nathan, you there? All right. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Cool, Nathan. I, I'm going to pass a talking stick over to you. If you want All right. to talk a little bit about like conscious themes within movies that maybe have inspired you or anything you want to talk about. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I'm just making sure I'm going to get in here. Um, can you hear me perfectly clear? All right. Um, so I, hmm, I just kind of thought that I would say stuff like, uh, the, my, my, one of my favorite movies actually kind of is like a consciousness, like perspective. I always like the movies that really like change your mind state. Like, uh, for instance, uh, Memento 1999 is a really good one for me. Uh, that one is like you don't really know what's happening it's kind of a psychological movie and anything where you can where the state of the person is 
has always like a fractional memory and like he got it from an injury. And so like that, that goes into thinking like what, what the brain has potential to do. It can really like, it can block out parts, parts of your mind. And then like, that really gets me thinking about certain other ones. Um, things like, uh, like movies like Deja Vu uh, with uh, that one, that one's like have, having to do with technology and like what, what technology is being uh, changed. And to, to translate that into conscious movie themes, I would say like, anything would be possible with the imagination as, as um, uh, Jason Sylvia was saying, like the, the, the amount of art can be portrayed on a screen is, is very powerful. I figure that when the, the amount of information that can translate through a movie screen is immense. So like, that's, I would figure that's, that's how in the very, in the very beginning, he was explaining with that one philosopher, I'm not really sure what he was saying actually, but in, in, in the same time, he was explaining it such a way where you can really, really meet someone through media, audio, visual, like even even if it's even like especially when it's in the in the theater, because that's like that's when it happens. Like the theater is meant to happen. There's like a. I'm not sure what it's called, but like the, there's this thing called like logos, ethos and pathos. I'm not really sure what this is from. It's it's this it's like a, you have to be there in the moment in theater to really fully experience it and then have that really be enacted upon the self. And I really appreciated that that point too because that can you can actually translate into like how to find people, how to actually consciously meet some people. Like you can go to where people are or people are already congregating instead of maybe going into like an alleyway no one's going to be in an alleyway but like the 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 movie will is like it is like perfectly aligned the movie's theater is perfectly aligned to actually get you certain messages or certain consciousnesses and so like they they create these things for a reason and they, they create the theaters for a reason so like that's just like a translation of like physical to like why it's like the way it is and they really really hype certain things up to uh to getting it into this too and and so yeah like uh what, what's another one oh um source code the, the movie source code i found the one with the train and the bomb that one was really cool i just like those movies that really like mess with your mind and like you know, once you get to that one point like even even uh fight club had that kind of asset aspect where you get to this one point and then it just like completely jumps off the edge you're just like completely blown away but here, I want to actually get the Fight Club because that because that gets me into thinking certain things like um, what do you call it? Like aspects of the self, really, like what's going on in the world, comparing to to certain aspects of like um, adversity and like and like rebellion and wanting to get into a collective mindset. That that one really got me. Like that one really got me into uh, thinking that way. So yeah, like I, I, I've, I've been like, I would say like that too, because uh, it's, it's, it's very, very interesting when it comes down to translating that into, into real life. And that really just ever since the, I, I've been getting the notifications of, of wanting to, of want, of wanting to just really, I'm not really sure where I'm going with that, but like, it's just translating that into my real life is really, has really got me thinking more actually awesome man yeah and those are some and more good examples um that you mentioned there of the source code and any of the time loop movies 
uh, as well. Um, sorry, I'm just going to, Nathan, if you can manually mute yourself, just we have feedback on your end. I'll just do that too, but we'll unmute yourself in a second. Um, yeah, and, and again, like what, what you're talking about, you know, like these these environments are like specifically created for us to be able to like have these experiences where it is, you know, like we're like putting it in and just like, even at the beginning, um, when I go to the movies, they sort of have this like, um, like this 3D uh, like preview thing where it's like watch a movie or be a part of one, you know? And that's literally the whole idea of um, it, you can do that. You can bring yourself into it. And one thing I was going to mention earlier in the show, uh, we were talking about, um, I was talking about like really watching movies as a meditative process. One thing that I was doing yesterday when I was like watching Moana is that like, I was like sitting there with like my like fingers interlaced. And then what I would do is I would take my thumbs and put my thumbs together and take my pinkies and put my pinkies together. And then like through doing that, it would allow me to like feel my pulse while watching the movie. And so I was just kind of like doing that as like a meditative thing to just kind of like really be in that stillness and to notice that if there were parts in the movie where there was like emotion welling, instead of just being like, Oh, that's cool. And, and just kind of like, just being caught up in like the spectacle to really allow myself to sink into, to the vibration of like what the experience of that scene was about. And um, yeah. And like, that's part of the reason why, like, you know, the movie was like, I was able to like have those moments of like crying and stuff during the movie. And it wasn't like crying, crying, but it was just like, you feel the heart twangs, you're like heart opening up and it's like, Oh, it's like so beautiful and stuff. But you know, I really encourage people to do that, to like watch movies as like a meditation And, and to notice if you get like those, like, tingling sensations the activation sensations uh up the spine as well during movies okay um all right so it looks like uh i think that person who's uh in here right now is also another troll who is yeah all right so now i'm the only one left in the hangout so spirit science um if you're the troll you want to just say hi or if you're not a troll you can say hi um hmm Hello, Spirit Science. Are you here for the hangout? How's mm -hmm. it going? Cool. Mm. Okay, so you're a troll. Thanks, man. Mm -mm. All right, so um, at this point, guys, uh, since uh, trolls are all over the internet these days, and that's just like the Wild West that we live in, um, we're just going to have to find a way to be able to keep doing this. And I do have uh, alternative means to be able to bring people into the broadcast. One of the ways that we can do that is through the uh, dis Wow. Okay. Dude, seriously. Like, I'll give you like two seconds. Sorry, I don't know if I was just muted there for a few seconds. Um, yeah, no, I was just saying, like, I apologize for that happening, guys. And uh, that's unfortunate. Trolls all over the internet these days. And that's, like, the way how Google Hangout works. Like, literally, people can join in here and they can kick other people out. It's so freaking stupid. Like, I don't understand. 
Um, if that's the case, then like we're just going to have to basically make the invite links completely private uh, moving forward. Like this is like what happens. Like if we like have, uh, you know, if we keep it open to the public, then it's keeping it open to people who come in and uh, yeah, and unfortunately do it that way. So let me just see. Um, I'm just trying to think here, guys. Sorry. Like obviously this wasn't part of the plan of the broadcast. So um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all right. I'm going to see if I can open up the Discord chat and we'll see if we can get some people tuning in through there. So yeah, again, with you guys in the live chat, we'll talk with you guys um, in terms of like other conscious movies that or other conscious themes that you guys want to talk about. I'm just going to kind of scroll up in the chat in terms of what we had going on. Legends of the Seeker. That's like another cool series that I haven't seen based on a book. Um, yeah, Westworld is like something that I can talk about too. So like, um, sorry guys, like I want to be able to talk about this, but I also want to be able to like find a solution to like help people join. Um, this, this is so stupid. <laughs> I apologize guys. Like if I could fix this easily, I would. Um, I'm going to bring, all right, one second. Okay. There we go. All right. Um, yo, Kyle, can you hear me? Check, check. Yo, yo, Kyle, can you hear me? Okay. Yo, Kyle, check, check. No. Yeah, you can't hear me. Yo, man. Okay, cool. All right. So we're going to bring Kyle into this broadcast through horribly back end audio by having him play through my speakers one second. So let me just unplug this. This may or may not work. Kyle, can you put your headphones in? Otherwise, we're going to get major feedback loops. Okay, Kyle, just take a second here to get your headphones in. So again, if people are joining this and they're just like, what the hell is going on? Um, Yeah, this is Paradigm Shift Destiny School, and we do our best to organize an online event where we invite people to have conscious conversations. But every now and then, trolls come along and they do what is called sniping, where they kick people out of the broadcast beyond a way that we can actually control and uh, other than than me like banning them as soon as they join uh, sometimes they like sneak in here and once they kick people other people can't join so it's very unfortunate Um, so Kyle I'm gonna put up the audio Kyle say hello Kyle say hello Kyle I can hear you you're hello Hello. Yeah, well, there we go. Hello. Okay, Hello. Like, sorry, there's like huge. Hello through Discord. There's like such delay on that. So, okay. Oh um, man, can you hear me? I think we can hear you. Okay. Um, for people on YouTube, confirm if you can hear Kyle. Okay. Hello, and uh, hey, Jamie. Jamie's there. Okay, so we got three people technically because Kyle's coming in through Discord and stuff like that. So. And uh, yeah, people are just asking in the live chat, like, can you make a new broadcast and make the link private? Um, I can't do that without shutting down this broadcast. So obviously we want to keep like this broadcast in one broadcast. Um, If people are still watching, the only way that you can join is by logging in with the different Gmail accounts. 
it's the only way that you can do this. So, okay, so Anne's here. Oh, hey, hey, Anne. <laughs> Anne joined. Oh. All right. Um, okay, so we just got like a little bit of feedback loop. Sorry, guys. I thank you guys for understanding the technical difficulties that we're going through. Right um, Anne, do you have headphones? I'm okay. Okay. No worries. I'll just switch it over to mute for a second. All right. So we're gonna get back into the swing of things here. Um, yeah. Like, there's a lot that we can talk about. I literally just go to gmail.com and like create a new account. So yeah. If anybody at this point, you know, if anybody in the live chat wants to join, please feel free to join, guys. Um, we're just kind of repopulating the class right now. And, uh, Sorry, Brendan. I was talking to someone oh. on my end. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. See, this is where it gets very confusing. Yeah. Sorry, guys. There's a really terrible delay with the audio, so I'm going to try and get this done quick. Okay. Um, I'm going to put my headphones back in, so you're not coming in through the uh, feed on the broadcast. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you know, with a lot of these conscious movies, you get into this, like, the, this theme of like man playing God or man trying to become God. Um, that's like an interesting theme that usually comes up. And, and this is where you can like get into this, the stories of, uh, you know, like Terminator, you get into the stories of, um, sorry, my brain's like, <laughs> I'm totally working right now. Um, Prometheus is like another interesting one where you get into like the creators of Jurassic Park. You can get into that whole idea of like, you know, this is what happens when like man kind of tries to challenge uh, nature in its natural form. So like even in um, Jurassic Park, it was kind of like showing us as like a conscious theme to say like, hey, like maybe you shouldn't be working with like splicing animal genes and resurrecting dinosaurs into the present day and stuff like that. Um, sorry, guys, I just want to be able to check back in. With the uh, so people in the live chat, uh, if you guys want to feel free to uh, join into the conversation, please feel free. Um, yeah, and again, if, if you guys are like watching and want to join, the only way you can join right now is by creating like a new Gmail account, so that would be one way. Um, yeah, so Andrew's talking about Gods of Egypt, that was a movie that I did a conscious movie review on. Um, yeah, that movie was really cool. Like there's, there's a lot of like awesome representation there of the concepts of like Ra and of the concepts of the gods and just like the whole like mission of, uh, what like the side character was kind of all about in terms of being able to help the gods and being able to teach the gods of like how to like help, you know, be like more benevolent and open hearted and stuff like that. Um, and just kind of like showing the ancient world of kind of like the, the, the lost version of Atlantis that really reflected like this, like advanced civilization of kind of like an Atlantean Mu era type thing, um, which I think was really cool. So, so I think we got a, I think literally Kyle is kind of joining. Uh, he's making a new Gmail account. So um, we'll see guys. We'll, we'll take this broadcast until 1am. And again, like this is all just practice. Um, in the future, we'll be able to prevent trolls from coming in as best as I can by like kicking them in the moment that they join. There's not really much else I can do for that. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate. Um, another movie, I'm just kind of thinking like a list of movies. Dark City. Dark City was like a really cool movie. That was kind of like a prelude 
uh, are very similar to the matrix in a lot of ways. Um, you get into this idea of like the reality that you're living in is kind of an illusion of what may be beyond it kind of thing. Um, mm, 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 mm. So yeah, Dr. Strange was awesome. Pizza dragon. I'm just kind of reading the conscious movie reviews I've done. Alice through the looking glass, X-Men apocalypse, gods of Egypt, star Wars, pan, um, mad max was like something that I did a conscious movie review on. Like that was like all about, uh, kind of like the rise of the divine feminine in there through like the archetype of Charlie Theron and stuff. Um, interstellar was like this whole thing of like love being able to be an energy that can like travel across the universe and everything. Um, guardians of the galaxy. Lucy was like all about, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Who's been in a lot of other conscious movies of her, like becoming, able to activate like more of her brain and being able to have like these like sort of psychedelic senses and stuff how to train your dragon edge of tomorrow man of steel um yeah we can talk all about all this but what i want to be able to do is even just uh to be able to invite ann who is in the chat if ann would like to join in on uh some of her thoughts of like what conscious movies have stood out to her or what conscious themes have stood out to her and than anything that she wants to share. So, Anne, welcome to Destiny class. It's good to have you here. Thank you. <laughs> so, Anne, um, when we were first going around, we were kind of giving like examples of like a, a, a couple movies with like consciousness shifting themes in them. What are some ones that have like stood out to you? Go ahead, Anne. If you didn't hear, okay. Um, I'm getting a, I'm getting a, I'm getting a lot of late feedback, so it's gonna. Is take it, are you a watching the YouTube by chance? Is the YouTube? Still um, open? I'm on Google Hangouts at the moment, but and it has like a there. insane delay. Okay, so. that's weird that the delay is still happening. Okay, well, anyways, go, go ahead, go ahead, Anne, and I think you heard. Yes, what I, asked before, I so. am. <laughs> okay, so this will just take a second for Anne's delay to catch up. And okay. There we go. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna have to say that uh, for me the the Matrix and uh, Into the Wild and V for Vendetta those are the three major ones that have really influenced me in an archetypal and definite major shift like sense. Yeah, do you want to do you want to maybe talk about like what what themes were in those movies that stood out to you? Yeah, so they all have what's interesting is they all have different themes. So for in Where's go ahead. She's catching up on the delay. I think. This is weird. This delay thing is super weird. <laughs> Just give me a second. <laughs> Like I'm having a moment like with the <laughs> yeah. internet, right? Okay. So um, so V for Vendetta yes, in particular. Um, it was like I wanna say like it. It influenced me in a sense of like appropriate rebellion. Rebellion in a sense that 
Sorry, Anne, are you sure you don't have the YouTube playing in the background? Because I can like hear you through your own stuff. Okay, hold on, let me check. Because that may just be why. Because <laughs> sometimes that happens where like the YouTube. Hold on, let me check. Okay, all right, okay. Anne's figuring that out. She's She'll be back. <laughs> uh, the lesson here is to like keep trucking, keep on trucking. Um, so like I said, guys, we'll go for like another hour and stuff. And and this really is all just practice. And um, yeah, it's okay, guys. We'll manage. So Kyle, you're you're in here. Do you want to go ahead and test your microphone? Woo! It's rolling. We're good. There we go. It's working. Yo, man. Welcome back. <laughs> Excellent, brother. Excellent. So, man. so dude, let's talk about Ooh. Doctor Strange. I mean, you, you saw Doctor Strange. Like, what, what, what was your experience like watching that? Doctor Strange was very, very and cool, like man. and like it tell was, people very... like what yeah like you can tell people like what's in it. What are some of the themes that that came out of it and stuff? Dude, it was like what well, it was like the Mummy and the Matrix and Star Wars all rolled into one movie. It was really crazy, but I really liked how um, they depicted the visualization of the magic. How when they were like opening portals and kind of creating these energy bars. And using them as weapons, and and then the thing with the relics, how the relics choose you—that was all so, so amazing. And it, you know, at first I was like, "Man, this is kind of, kind of weird." Because, mic a bit closer. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. At first I was like, "This is kind of weird because you don't get a whole lot of backstory on Doctor Strange." So I guess that's something you'd have to like really pay attention to the comics to actually get like a hold of. But, um. Dude, so, like, you don't really get a whole lot of backstory on him, but when he gets into the whole process of becoming, you know, this this powerful sorcerer character, then you then that actually, you know, becomes, like, the backstory. I guess it's not really about his story before that, you know. Um, but it's uh, it's definitely so, so amazing. It's, um... Man, I gotta, like, do something, because they got the... They got this other audio playing back through the YouTube on this shit. Hold on, I gotta fix this. Oh, right. right, <laughs> it's hard to talk, but I'm like listening to myself. Yeah, it's coming through. Oh man, temporal yeah, feedback okay. loops. Yeah, no, trying like, trying like not have that be a thing. Okay, now, Dr. Strange, dude. So when they're like creating these energy vortexes and these portals, they're, they're opening up these, you know, like they have the sling ring and then does the thing and, and the portal just opens up. And it's really cool to see the process of him stepping into his power and like um, he's, he's going through the process of learning the magic and learning how to do all these different things. You slowly see him overcome his skepticism and his disbelief. Because when he first shows up, you know, he's just very blatant and blunt. And like, we are made of matter and nothing else. And I save people from dying. And uh, the ancient one, who is the supreme sorceress, she's a, you know, she, she, like, immediately, like, throws him into this crazy chaotic world of, of interdimensionality. And, like, it just, like, is very blunt and explains it kind of perfectly. It's like, you know. This, this is only one universe of many. And then there's like, and she's like, some of them are benevolent and life-giving and others are bent on like chaos and destruction and disorder and how that's all part of the balance. 
you know, that just rolls. And that's like, you know, his awakening is like all at once. It was like, just gets this huge, intense wave from this, this all powerful, like sorceress lady, the ancient one, you know, and you don't really find out too much about it. I don't want to ruin it for everyone else who hasn't seen the movie. I don't want to say too much about, you know, like some of the really good juicy parts that are like, oh no, you know, that's what's going on. But, um, but yeah, there's a lot of eye-opening things. Um, a lot of the stuff that we cover and talk about it in, in the broadcast here, it's like, it's all brought up, like one of the first things and one of the bigger things is astral projection. That's a very reoccurring theme in the movie. They actually have this, this, um, this scene where Dr. Strange is like instructing someone else, you know, like how to perform an operation on him. You know, she's a doctor and she knows how to do it, but he's like talking to her through the astral plane. And then there's another guy who comes in in the astral plane and starts to like fight him. They have to have like this battle in the astral world. Really, really intense, you know. Um, That is a very big reoccurring thing in the movie though. The astral thing. So I, I like how this movie definitely like brings light and, and focus into into the the world of magic and sorcery and kind of like you know it permits people to go and like explore these things and explore their own power without having a fear of like dark you know like mystery shrouding kind of like this this projection of evil that's been cast upon it for so long you know it's like like no that is reality you're you're in you're in like you're in uh, authentic reality and then you have to cross this boundary into non-conditional reality and that's where that's where things really start to become real in a sense is crossing over the boundary into non-conditional reality and cross that boundary and it's you know, that, that's like what Dr. Strange did when he went through the doors and and was brought in and she showed him all this crazy intense stuff. You know, that, that's that's what he did. Reality. And then you have to cross the There you go. Okay, cool. Nathan joined back again, so we'll be able to keep right, going. Cool. Um but yeah. <clears throat> yeah, like within Doctor Strange, again, like there's that movie, like I was hyping it up uh, a lot before it even came out. And again, it was because like the Doctor Strange character within the Marvel Universe, like he's the Marvel Universe is the, you know, all the Marvel movies, you know, Iron Man, like Ant-Man, Avengers, they're super popular. So obviously a lot of people are going to go watch them. And so here we have like a character who is like all about the mystic arts and the mystic arts are like all about this idea of like, you know, the metaphysics and the lucid dreaming and the astral projection, the idea that like, you know, you're more than your physical body. And so there are some such potent themes within that movie. Um, and there's a, that really, really potent scene where she says to him, she says, you know, like open your eye, like open your mind. And, and she like blasts him off into like this DMT like experience. So, I mean, people who watch this movie almost have like a simulated psychedelic experience that is very similar to something that can be experienced through, you know, like an actual like DMT experience or psychedelics or lucid dreaming state. Um, and yet within there, there was like one, particular uh like axiom that kind of comes out of it like one particular message and it's this whole idea that your thoughts create reality and so we kind of see that within the dream space or within like the the multi-dimensional space you see dr strange like kind of like 
thinking all about hands and stuff and then hands are kind of like engulfing him within his dream and that's like a big theme within the movie is like the whole thing with his hands and healing his hands and stuff but yeah like the whole idea of like thoughts creating reality here we have it here we have it like within a mainstream movie like blatantly right there so without a doubt like a lot of people are going to go see that movie and 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 just even consciously or unconsciously have downloaded that information which again continues a little bit later on so that maybe when they hear about it in a different way there's like oh okay you know like as you think social you become they'll be like oh okay that's like you know that that sounds familiar that's not something entirely foreign to me that's something that i've already been conditioned a bit into and so maybe that's like a word in itself that is like worth sort of bringing into the conversation is like how movies can sort of help condition. They can sort of help like set foundation. They can sort of help set framework for ways of thinking about, uh, you know, reality and beyond and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was really cool. Okay. So we have Jeremy and we have uh, Nathan back in. So uh, if you guys want to just test your microphones, go ahead and welcome back. And thanks for joining. Yo, yo yo hey <laughs> yeah it worked out so i made a new account and it worked out yeah it's literally we just that's how we get around trolls is by taking five <laughs> minutes to make a new account so i don't know right keep back you just keep, i'll keep my trigger finger ready um you got it yeah yeah i uh, okay so i just want to like let you guys sort of like and pass it over to you if you guys you know just practice bounce around some ideas we can talk about Westworld a little bit later we can talk about stranger things um anything else but yeah what, what are some anything that you guys have off the top of your head or more yeah. movie examples yeah I, i'll i'll go ahead and um, i'll go ahead and then. start it out okay and then jeremy okay go ahead Nick. yeah oh you go for it uh yeah um when it comes to when it comes to thoughts um and and having that create your reality i i've come to this more of an understanding of it of it being uh, a, a threefold aspect like thought is like the first form of of creation and it, it that's only a thought at the at that point when it comes to it manifesting in reality there's a, there's three there's two more steps so it's it's you have to create the thought which is knowledge and then cre- um, form let's just say uh, like a process or like an in, like an intellectual like or not like intellect more like a feeling of it so your thoughts and it, it translates into your feelings or what you feel um, like your thoughts can make you feel sad or happy it makes you want to cry it makes you want to feel really really like happy and then like if you're really really happy if you feel really happiness inside you want to act about it so it's your thoughts your feelings and then your actions that translate that into the physical reality and i, I really have been like turned on to this information and it's so so early in this journey of mine and it's been it's been really good because like it really translates on how like that's manifested reality right there your thoughts need to be, need to go through a few more steps like a few more steps to actually create your reality and so like it, that's the one thing that gets me some like i've gone through that mentality of of watching let's just say a conscious like for a conscious media and conscious movie tr- moving movie it would be more it wouldn't be like, I, i'm thinking of the secret like the documentary or, or something like that the movie the secret i don't know if you've ever heard of that one uh, or if anyone's heard of that one i'm getting some nods and for that one, I, I, I understand that people think like you can actually, okay, consciously con- like put your concentration on, on good thoughts and positivity, but it doesn't add in that those other two aspects that you have to feel it and then you have to do it. And you really have to go about doing that in that linear step. And so that's what I would really like advocate people really, really applying themselves and not really like either really sitting there and, and, and uh, either 
like concentrating on that, but you can still put your thoughts in a good place and that really, and, and choose your reactions. And I, and I figure that one aspect of that movie is, is really good too, because, um, what, what was it? Um, the, uh, I, I saw it too. I saw it too. It was the, the movie you're just talking about, uh, Dr. Strange. I saw it too, right around the time you, you gave out your conscious movie review. And I saw it that next weekend, right? Like literally when it came out and, it has that translation factor you have to like it like it's you can you can put a lot of intellectual mind stuff on it like onto where you want to go with the, with the creating portals and then you have to really like put your put your all into it like you need to bring your third aspect of your heart and then your actions are stepping through it like you walk through it and i and, I, and that whole translates into like sacred geometry like all the ancient texts really going back to um like the threefold aspects like uh, and it, 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 I, I'm gonna go on a tangent for a second here, uh, for for like threefold aspects of uh, let's just say uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. When it comes down to it, that's your Father is your is your mind. Uh, your your this the um the the what 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 has actually been erased is the Mother or the Holy Spirit is is your emotions, and then the actions is is the Son or the action oriented. Um, is a male aspect actually it's action is a male aspect it's it's obviously ingrained in everyone i'm not really blatantly saying it's o only males but it's in everyone everyone has this aspect but it's imbued in a male child but it's your thoughts feelings and action imbued in a threefold triangle and you can find this in any tradition i'm going to say that as a blanket statement but in any tradition uh mystery tradition mystery school or even ancient texts of any of really of, of biblical times have that kind of aspect and it's it's really really portrayed in that kind of way when he was doing this the sling rings uh in the movie he was really putting his thoughts and putting himself back into that moment of wanting to step through the portal and get to where it needed to go and he, and he and he really really took it really uh really easily too like he got he got the use he got the hang of it pretty quickly and, and like you're saying like oh like people are being like already have that kind of mindset like oh once i go see something like that like oh your thoughts create your reality and then i can apply myself i can learn more i can do my research and i and i figured that was a really really good aspect and i have a lot more to say about um what do you call it dr strange mm -hmm. yeah and, and you know I, I don't mind taking a few moments here to talk more about dr strange because i think like again like there, there was a lot in that movie um i'm still in the process of um finishing up the conscious movie review for that and it's like one of like the longest reviews that i have because there's like so much to talk about um yeah and just like it's so cool because i know some friends who have seen that movie and they're just like wow this movie is like watching my dreams on screen and then you get into the parts where they're like folding the reality in on themselves and it's just like so hyperdelic and stuff and um another thing that's kind of cool within that movie is like also the symbolism so again you know like the power of symbolism is such a ripe thing and and having it within movies like you know that that can go very very far and so there's one particular part within Doctor Strange where they're like kind of fighting on a platform and yet on the platform you actually see that it has like the flower of life like on it blatantly so like there's like this brief moment in the movie where you literally just see like the flower of life like on screen like right there so um yeah there's a lot there and then like yeah kind of what you're saying like the whole idea of him learning to use like the portal sling ring thing is what they call it it was a lot of him like being taught in that lesson of learning how to let go uh, in order for for like the process to unfold kind of thing so like that's like a big 
a big like spiritual lesson, a spiritual, uh, you know, teaching in itself, like the process of being able to like, let go, let go of like our old perceptions and letting go of trying to like, just like attach ourselves to how we think it should happen and focusing more on like how it feels in the moment. And then the process, like it allows it to like naturally just sort of move through. Um, but yeah, we could talk a little bit more about Dr. Strange and then from there we can, uh, bounce around into some other stuff. Um, Nathan, was there more that you want to talk about Dr. Strange before we, uh, keep bouncing around a little bit more? Yeah. If, uh, I, I had, I had something they, they, they kept mentioning, uh, natural law. You remember that part? Uh, I figured that one that is really coming into light. Um, if you look up natural law, if you look up what that really, uh, says, it's, I would say uh, entirely to be uh, the, the most deeply hidden uh, ancient traditions uh, known uh, ever. So like a lot of times uh, people have been hiding like what, what natural law is in, in a lot of ancient texts and obviously the books that they've been reading, like, uh, like opening up like manipulation of time, like things like uh, opening up different dimensions. You can, you can pretty much go in any direction with natural law, but they, they have these things called like the natural laws are, are imbued in these seven principles. And it goes like, uh, it's kind of like, um, if you've ever talked about this on one of your shows, um, like the, like the Emerald tablets of uh, hermetic principles, they, 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 it's pretty much what they are. It's the, the natural laws of the universe is really what, what imbues us to really create our reality around us um in a really good way and once we really master those natural laws i figure is what is what he gets what he's getting into some people call it like karma like the cause and effect like it's been called different things in a in a long time uh in in the past for for a very long time and for me just getting on this knowledge like i would say i just discover what natural law is and i'm starting to get more into like activism and and shiftivism as, as you guys call it and it's it's very very like dense heady material that i'm like drinking in it's like a, a very very interesting movie and when to think about it like this like i i know it's all around me like the, the movies that we watch the the actions we take the, the people we talk to it's it's there natural laws around us and that's what they're getting at like karma is is there like things you do now will set seeds in the future yeah, definitely, definitely. And it is like, it, I think that's the big thing is kind of, you know, as artists, we, we really have to look at like how we're using art to help change the world and, and to use art to like get those ideas planted for the future. Um, and so kind of like, you know, we can still talk about Dr. Strange, but just bringing in some more ideas here. Um, another ripe example is like V for Vendetta, which was mentioned earlier. And so, I mean, that movie as an example is just like really, really huge in terms of like how a movie can make an impact on culture and so out of v for vendetta like you get this whole like um you know like november 5th guy fox day everyone going around and like wearing the the v for vendetta mask and it became like a sign of like social protest and also for building conscious community it was like a real thing it still is a real thing and that was like because of the movie because of the story um so again you know like 
sometimes movies will, will give us the permission to enact parts of ourselves that prior to then might have been dormant. And those parts can be really big and they can be like very personal. They can be like very social. They can be very individual. And there can be the parts of us that are kind of like that hero, again, like that inspirational aspect of us to go out there to help change the world. And so, I mean, you know, again, like with the uh, with V for Vendetta, like it, it, it after that movie, you kind of had this whole wave of like, like uh, you know, Occupy and Occupy Wall Street. And again, you know, just like continuing into the November 5th stuff. Um, yeah, I feel that it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like if that movie didn't exist how much of those would have happened, but it's just like, well, it's, it's kind of hard to sort of play the game where to say like, what if that movie never existed because it did, it does. And here it is. It's part of the timeline. It's part of like the essential story. Um, so yeah, like that's just like another example of uh, one ways of like how movie can, can make a difference within culture and stuff. And again, and I feel like the new rogue movie rogue one is going to be a very interesting synchronicity between like, it reflecting what we as culture are, are kind of going through, um, which again, kind of gets back into this bigger idea is that yes, there's individual people working on these movies, but sometimes you get into these ideas that like, this is like consciousness doing what it can to help wake itself up. And I'll just say this and I'll pass it over to Kyle. Um, you know, one of the, uh, <clears throat> one of the ideas is that like the Hollywood, like Hollywood, this, the, you know, the place, the, the place where movies come out of um, this is kind of just like a little like Easter egg almost, but like, Hollywood can be thought of as the Hollywood wand. The Hollywood is the type of tree and it is a type of tree that we're commonly used for making magic wands out of. So it's, you can consider it synchronicity coinciding incidences, but it's very interesting that movies come out of Hollywood. And so you can think of Hollywood movies as being like the spell casting, like the wand being casted into culture, into like the, you know, like the unfolding story. Um, so it's really, really neat to sort of think about it in that way. And again, to see the movie, the silver screen literally as a mirror for, for us to be able to see ourselves. Um, but yeah, did uh, anything anybody wants to jump in on Kyle? Did you go? Do you want to jump in on that? I saw you unmute your microphone. Or hell yeah, brother! I was actually gonna make a note to. Um, I was gonna make a note to Ghost in the Shell. I was gonna also ask, aren't they making like a real life um, or live action Ghost in the Shell? Sorry, what's that? Say that again. Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Ghost, Shell. Ghost in the Shell. Themes in that movie too. For those yeah. sets of movies, which is also a series, there's a lot of animes that have like some really solid conscious themes in it. I think. Um, but um, what movies were you just talking about again? I'm, I'm sorry. That just slipped my mind. Well, you're talking about V for Vendetta um, there. In- oh yeah, yeah. That caused a huge uprising, and then you know. You know, out of the woodworks, here comes thousands and millions, and it's like billions more anonymous characters. You know, that was a thing that, that was going on previously, that event, but, you know, this this occurred, and there was a massive in, in inflation, and uh, it just really broke people out of the, you know, it's, it's like a rise to action, right? Call to action. You know, and then some people say, oh, they're just doing it just because, but it's like, no, no, really, like, they're doing it because there's a reason to do it, and that movie influenced people to do it, you know, there's, 
there might be people higher up in the chain you know, that are, oh, you know, they're just doing it because of all this bullshit. Like, you know what? Like, you're the, you're the 1% on the other end, and this is what happens to the 99% that that have to get the, you know, the shit under the stick all the time. And people realize that after they start, it's supposed to be the cool. Um, also, some of the, uh, wow, what was it, like, the day after tomorrow? That was a huge, a huge thing in, like, obviously conscious movie when he came out. That was the, the movie about the, uh, the ecosystem. Global warming, I think, was the big thing. Global warming was the, uh, that was the day after tomorrow. And then they had that 2012 movie where, um, you know, like, yeah. the world was going to end and, and yeah. big spaceships and all the rich people were going to fly away in the spaceships. There weren't spaceships. Yeah. There were boats. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, boats or something. <laughs> or <Sorry>. something. <clears throat> um, oh, what was it? The movie Elysium also. Mm-hmm. The movie Elysium. Have you ever seen that? Watched that not too long ago, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good movie. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, sorry, God, not to cut you off. Um, yeah, with with like with with a lot of the movies, is it's really interesting because it, it will sometimes show to us what's hidden in plain sight. It will help us see the story that we are living uh, in relation to like ourselves in our culture, ourselves in government, ourselves in like the oppression that we may be living under, but may not really fully be aware that we're living under. Um, another another example of like a conscious movie that kind of does this is the movie called They Live, um, which is. Uh, John Carpenter, I believe. And so, I mean, like that movie um, was like all about like this, like guy who had these special glasses. And when he did, he could like see the the signs in the media for what they really were. He could like sort of see them as like obey and brainwashing and consumed kind of thing. And so within there, there's also this whole idea that like the people who are disguising themselves as humans were actually aliens and that gets into this whole idea of like the whole like kind of um reptilian undertone and the reptilian theme within culture which we'll save for a whole nother destiny school um but yeah like the it is really cool because again i think v for vendetta was a great movie that gave people a talking point to be able to be like hey that's very realistic like that's very parallel to to what the world is starting to look like and if we don't do something about it then it's just going to continue to get worse kind of thing so um yeah it's amazing how how again how movies can make a difference uh in this world and, and again like that's where like as the filmmakers obviously some of them are, are doing it to be able to make money to be able to continue to afford to make more movies but i'd like to think that there's a lot of filmmakers out there who are intentionally making movies to to really again spark the spirit to help people see something to help them like gain a, a you know a, a bigger pitch a bigger perception to help expand their minds in a lot of ways um there's a couple movies here. I'm just kind of like reading. If you're, if you like look up online, you can just, you know, run a search on like consciousness shifting movies or consciousness expanding movies. Um, some of the ones that they got listed here are um, da, 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 a beautiful mind K packs, which is like an alien movie um, with um, the Kevin Spacey in it um, inception, which is what we talked about. 
Melancholia, which is a movie that I've yet to watch, and it's about like the end of the world and stuff like that. Um, Peaceful Warrior, which is based on the book, and that's really spiritual. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind um, has a lot to do with like consciousness and stuff. Um, there's a few other here, but yeah, like any of the movies related with like artificial intelligence and kind of like ghost in the shell what kyle was talking about those movies are always fascinating because again you know it brings us into the conversations uh that they represent so in that case it's just like what is the origin of consciousness um and uh even that's where you can look at the movie like what the show westworld which is like a new show that i recommend people go watch and it's like a lot to do with like this theme this quote-unquote theme park that uses like these robots but the robots are like very human-like and they're developing their own sentience and they're developing their own consciousness and it sort of brings us into this own question of like hey like are we biological robots like where does our free will exist kind of thing so um whereas movies don't always necessarily provide the answers what they can do is often encourage people to keep asking questions and to keep exploring further and i think that's where you know movies like dr strange and stuff like that and inception are have done that they're, they're encouraged people to like continue to look further um but yeah let's keep passing the talks and stick around guys feel free to to jump in and, and even feel free to mention any other movies or any particular themes that maybe we haven't gotten to um, as well so if anybody wants to unmute themselves please feel free and we'll wrap up this broadcast maybe about a half hour give or take so if anybody wants to nathan did you have anything you want to add in i know you were talking about stuff earlier yeah i can go ahead uh, sure yeah by all means man. all right yeah um you were bringing up they live and i really enjoyed that movie just because of how perfectly it portrays such a movie and i, I just had to hand it to you guys like I, I don't I didn't realize that you guys were talking such like heavy material that I thought you were, but this is like some material that I've just been like like I hear in the chat, like the live stream, uh, like Freemasonry, occult knowledge, like things like the things like of reptilians. And when you're bringing up that on your last uh, broadcast, you bring up Freemasonry at one point. I'm not really sure what it was on, but with talking points with what they live, it's it's a I would say it's a very good allegory. Uh, and you there is a there is a sort of like. Uh, a thing going around with like retellions and, and stuff like that on the internet. But I figure you can actually portray that as um, what's going on in the real sense of, of psychopathy. And that's like, you can think of the reptilians as, uh, or the, the people that you can see with the glasses on as, as uh, psychopaths uh, in, in a sense. Like I would say that, that psychopath, psychopath, psychopathy is, is, is a bigger problem than, than we think. And that we have to, to realize that um, they're, pretty I, i'm learning about it too but like it's it's a it's also a skill to figure that out but it's like a it's a whole new thing that i'm currently today just actually discovering for myself it's like more 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 of a problem than we think but like it's like you can go ahead and think about that that, that movie a lot but i really enjoyed how how you gotta like here you know, one scene that i that i can bring up actually is when he's um the main character i'm not sure what his name is was trying to put the have the other guy the other male character have to put put him put the glasses on that guy and he had to beat him up for like what seemed like five minutes of the video of the movie. And it, you can say that as the allegory goes, is that you really have to beat the truth into someone to really have them see the system as it is. And so like you can metaphorically put the truth on or as, as, as truth as you were to see it um, to be. And you, you, you would have to go about really putting in a lot of effort for someone who's resisting the truth and like, like some people want it to stay the same some people as the 
as Morpheus said in the Matrix, that they want to stay plugged in and they want to fight to defend them, defend the system as it is. And um, as as activists and as shiftivists, we we have that we have that obligation to do so, is to to really pr present the truth to people uh, as it is. And I know I know it it can be hard, and I, I really I really enjoy bringing people around what is so true. Like honestly. To, to, to say like I, I got I honestly got I did that today I'm so happy that people were were turned on like in my work were finally turned on to say okay I'm gonna I'm gonna go now and, and start listening to what you're listening to and I, I I told them about uh, like consciousness stuff like what we call it like uh, natural law I was talking about before and, and really about your thoughts feelings and actions and and, and and where I got this information there's these there's also people like David Ike I don't know if you've ever mentioned him before. Uh, things, things like yeah, the, he's amazing. That, that was like one of the first people I met. I, I started listening to on YouTube and going further, just like spirit science and and, and metaphysics, and just continuing on the, on down the list. You can go go for it from from they live is an allegory as those glasses is digressing back to, to the movies part is that's that's the aspect of of what we really need to do like as activists. That's why I'm speaking as action oriented as possible. <laughs> So I, I really like that one scene in the, in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And it's interesting to think about like, even like the consciousness shifting themes, like within like older movies and stuff. Um, you know, there's like, even I'm trying to think, I mean, just like movies from like previous eras and, um, or even just focusing back in on the matrix, which I guess is like from a well, long time ago. Now you can, you can do the wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Was, well, okay, go ahead. Like, how would you see, how would you? Well, here, there's this great, great, great analogy about, uh, uh, sorry, like uh, someone did a consciousness movie review of it. If you look it up, just like you do Wizard of Oz in the search, you'll find a guy named Mark Passio. This guy is amazing. And if you, if you, if you watch that, it's, it's amazing how far he goes into the so-called knowledge and, and the, like what he thinks about the book and then what he thinks about the real thing. It's really the, the visual allegory on the silver screen as, as it's so to speak. And that also goes into alchemy too. So like, uh, I'm not, I, I, I haven't really like imbibed that information yet, but I just know that that is teeming with allegory and, and symbolism in the entire movie. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I think like as a small one or here, like the big one is like, uh, you can say that the, the very end of the movie, the wizard, right. um, is is a kind of like a charlatan is like a false a deity or someone like that and to to watch out like on the road of on, on the yellow brick road which is like the spiritual path to watch out for people like that and to to make sure that you have it within yourself to really take action to have discernment or something like that like that's that's ways to you can interpret it in, in many different ways i figure totally yeah yeah and and again you know like even just like the themes of each one of them kind of like um like stepping into uh like their their elements of like you know the heart of the lion and everything like that and the brain of the scarecrow um or no the, the it was the courage of the lion and like the heart yeah. of the 
and stuff. You know, you get into like these themes there and everything. But yeah, you're right. There's a lot of really, really interesting symbolism there. Um, that that made me that started getting me thinking about like never ending story, uh, as well. And there was like um, because that's a book that the 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 story itself is the movie itself is based on a book. And um, yeah, like there, I saw one guy, and again, like he did like a breakdown of it, and like it, I, unfortunately, I can't really repeat it, but um there was like so much to that movie that is just like really really like ancient like esoteric like perceptions of the world and then sort of turned into a story and then this guy like turned the story into a movie and everything um but yeah like and you know like within this broadcast we may not necessarily be able to give like all of the details on every single conscious themes within movies but at the very least just encouraging people to go back and look at them and and to start like seeing the symbolism in them and, and what it is that they're like kind of pointing towards one thing that yeah, I, did just, I agree uh, i agree i agree no i was, I was saying that i wanted totally to I, I had this thought like to really get you had a list and i really would enjoy that list you're saying just google it um or, or just search up on any search engine really and and, and that in, in itself is a good practice and I, I i like how you were saying yeah it's a practice and and to really to go back into into history like you're you're, you're wanting to like how did how did our collective consciousness as a, as as people get to where we are from the movies before us and the times that we're thinking like from v from inception from dream worlds to things like that get us to where we're gonna be it's like mm-hmm. that's like a foreshadow yeah yeah exactly right so like look at the movies now and like what are they kind of like moving us into and stuff like that yeah how are they foreshadowing um so again you know like rogue one is like teaching us about like you know like standing up against like the oppression of an empire dr strange is like teaching us how to like activate like the the internal magician within um and then again you know like the moana movie like there's some very ripe movies right now that are out in theaters and the moana movie is like teaching you about like finding your identity and going out there and voyaging and connecting with the mother goddess and returning the heart uh into the world um and another when i was actually watching moana last night there's a trailer um for the new movie coming out which is beauty and the beast which is the live action version of the classic story but again like what's really interesting is that where i think what they're going with this one is they're really expanding on the character of the beast and whereas before he was just kind of like this you know he was a prince and he got turned into a beast and he was kind of misunderstood but he was still like a soft soul on the inside i think what we're going to see more within this movie is kind of like him sharing a little bit of like the wisdom that he carries in terms of being able to understand like how this reality works and the magic that is within it and then passing that on to bell and and my intuition behind this is because within the movie trailer and you guys can go watch this trailer online for beauty and the beast there's like the beast says he says like first you like must like see it in your mind's eye and then feel it in your heart like they literally say that within the movie so again you know like it's really interesting to see that to see that as a disney movie and and to acknowledge that perhaps the people working on these films are intentionally trying to get like these these themes out there knowing that yes like people who watch these movies are gonna it's gonna leave an impression on them they're gonna like look to the people in the movies as like role models especially with um you know it's uh emma watson who's playing bell a lot of a lot of young women would look up to her as like you know like a a role model uh as and and so and, and even this whole thing just kind of stepping back when you get into the idea of like hollywood stars 
when you think about it, it's like, it's such an archetypal thing where we have like the people who are portraying the stars there. It's almost like the constellations in that sense. And they're reflecting like certain aspects of ourselves. And so it's really, really cool um, just to sort of like get into some of like the terminology <clears throat> that we see again, like within Hollywood and why do we call them stars to begin with? And it's because like through our, through us observing the stars, we like see the stories of ourselves, both of our ancestors and like our future ancestors as well. Um, but yeah, keep an eye open for beauty and the beast. That's going to be another one. Um, I'm just kind of looking up on like future movies coming out for 2017. Some of the ones, <clears throat> some of the ones that stand out to me, um, uh, again beauty and the beast uh there's going to be king arthur legend of the sword which is going to be a big movie about like stepping into you know the duty of the king and the prince and even the round table mythology and the merlin stuff <clears throat> sorry my voice is going to pass it off in a second and then power rangers power rangers is coming out too so passing the talking stick around somebody else go ahead they want to <coughs> excuse me guys i lost my voice <coughs> Ooh, it's all Go good. Ahead. Power Rangers is pretty cool stuff, man. <clears throat> I don't really remember a whole lot because I was like a kid, you know. Like, so there isn't like a whole lot of Power Rangers that I can readily available to that's readily available to us. You know, maybe cash. Um, try to keep it on Power Rangers theme stuff. So, you know, well, within the Power Rangers, your suit like... of armor. Yeah, the Power Rangers is going to be like some really probably like new themes within the movie that's going to be a lot more like interstellar, um, kind of like opening up into like the idea of um, their suits being like ancient technology kind of thing. Oh, shit. That's really <laughs> so, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be pretty cool. And again, it's like activating the hero within sort of thing. So it's like we are like the Power Rangers. It's sort of like us like activating into our real world superhero abilities as well. One way is I, I like to see it. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a mess right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did you guys talk good. on the Matrix? The Matrix? We, I do want to get back into the Matrix. Um, yeah, let's... Uh, totally, let's do that. Because again, like... Um, Nathan was kind of talking about it. And we were kind of talking about, again, like movies as being like blueprints for how to help change the world. So if that's the case, like, look at the Matrix. Like, what was it trying to do? The Matrix so it's like, was a big one for me. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, showing us that, like, okay, you're in a system, and there's, like, people that are kind of, like, controlling it, and you don't even know that you're being controlled, and you're asleep. And even what Nathan was saying, the idea that some people will, like, will like fight to stay asleep, I think that's kind of what we see, and we get into this idea of, like, trying to – we become the one – we become the Neo and then through like our own connection with the matrix, we like awaken to our potential and then we help like our mission is to like help awaken other people within the matrix to their internal Neo process. And again, that movie was all like Nosite Ipsum as well, but yeah, let's talk about the matrix guys. What, what was the matrix to you? Even when you like saw it when you were younger and maybe how it evolved and stuff. And um, well, the first Michael, go ahead. Yeah. Well, the first time I saw it, yeah, you're good. Like, you know, people said, like, you're not going to understand this movie. And I was like, you're right. I didn't understand it, <laughs> you know, the first time I, I saw it. But I was always like, there's something about that movie that's like, you know, I liked it. <laughs> but they're like, you're going to have to watch this a, a couple times until you, like, understand it. 
And then it wasn't until like years, years later that I was like, wait a minute. Like this movie is like prophetical, if that's a word, you know? I mean, it was like, it was totally, and there's so many things that I think is, of course, you know, they're talking about a computer program, but I mean, there's so many things, even Neo, of course, you know, I think that's an anagram for one, but also uh, Neo could be like looked at as the, um, the neocortex, you know, you have, you know, different parts of your brain. Some parts are more, I guess, if you could say uh, reptilian-like. The neocortex is the more human, um, like one of the most advanced parts of the brain. And I thought that was really interesting that they call them neo and there's such a thing as a uh, neocortex. And everything there, they just seem to be, I mean, very about, um, you know, next level, the next level kind of stuff in the Matrix. And you see that a lot. You know, usually that's the direction of science fiction. But, I mean, it really comes to life in that in that movie. They touch on so many themes. So, yeah. And then, of yeah. course, the Trinity Morpheus, that means, uh, well, that's actually a name, I think, for a Greek. Uh, yeah, Morpheus is like the thresholder, um, is like the guardian of the th- threshold within the dreams and stuff like that. So, yeah, it gets mm-hmm. into the whole like dream analogy stuff. Um, Michael, if there's like, the- more, go, go ahead. And then Nathan's going to jump in, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, um, of course, you know, the lady's name was uh, Trinity. You know, and the first thing you see in the movie, I mean, that's really like, I think where I learned to, that you, you should decode some movies, you know, uh, there was really one. And it's like, they wanted you to decode it because it's like in the beginning is like, follow the white rabbit. And, you know, is that guy talking about like, you know, um, I forgot what it says. Like, you ever have that feeling like sometimes like you can't tell when you're dreaming or you're awake. It's like the guy's like, yeah, it's called mescaline. It's the only way to fly. <laughs> I was like, you know, but but really like, you know, he follows the girl with the tattoo with the white rabbit. And then, you know, and then right when he meets Morpheus, it's like, I bet you feel a little bit like Alice tumbling down the rabbit hole. So, I mean, it was just really well done the way it, it, it the way it was done and then of course you know agent smith um you know you guys are going you know mr anderson you know that guy is uh you know kind of representing you know what in the gnostics they call like the uh the demiurge you know which kind of keeps human beings in this kind of box you know this kind of uh robot kind of like mode and um it's really interesting. And and you touched on they live. I think that was actually the Matrix before the Matrix. Yeah, I like that. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. No, here let, let me I'll take it from here. Because they were actually shot in the same place. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you see in the beginning of the movie, if you see where Trinity is like jumping through that place with the telephone. That's on a sound stage somewhere. But like that's, yeah, that's the same place. The same place. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. That's so that's so synchronistic. 
Go figure. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's one thing I want to talk about with the Matrix related to the agents, but I'll mention that after. Nathan, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree of how how many aspects, like like Michael was saying, how many aspects are really you really need to go down and 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 watch it a few times just to really get it, and then and then watch it one more time. No, <laughs> the 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 cool thing is that in my time, like my my dad was so into this movie, he even told me how he first saw it in theaters when it when it came out uh, in '99. The, the, when he got in there, like it, it was the very first scene of where Trinity was, was just hung up the phone. And, and th- this was imbued in me where, where the police are saying, just like, put your hands on your head, do it, do it now. And then you can think of that, that that's, that's forever in me. I can hear my dad saying it. Uh, but that point is like, there's a, you can, you can metaphorically speak or allegorically say that there is an attack on the feminine access uh, aspects of consciousness. There's like, the, the, the system is 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 pointing at the guns at at the feminine and then the feminine has to has to move has to get out of the way with its creativity and and definitely beats up the get the bad guys in, the, in, the, in one of the first scenes uh, then translating it into like how it how it affected me was like after I saw that first movie I knew when the second one came out I even asked my dad hey I'm gonna go see this movie with my friends on the block and we we, we went and saw the movie and it was still like I knew there was something like in there like in that movie uh and and then second one matrix reloaded you you see neo like with the view that he that he gets of, of the matrix he can see it for what it is and that actually is the allegory that mike was also saying you can say it's translating the glasses to neo's vision um again too that's it's um it's a good analogy actually but when when the scene where where he sees the guy sitting down and meditating is also something to to say like oh like what's the guy doing he's meditating i wonder why he's glowing they never explain that in the movie, like why he's glowing like that. But like you can tell that like there's something about meditation that really holds true uh, to it. Um, and I'm and I want to look up do, um, the directors, the 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 Wachowski brothers is what is what it is. They have done a lot of different movies that have had yeah. real real impacts on collective consciousness. Yeah, yeah, we mentioned them a little bit earlier. Um, the Wachowski siblings, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. who also did like Cloud Atlas and they also did Jupiter Ascending. Okay, uh, yeah, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, Jupiter Ascending was the one that we mentioned uh, yet within the broadcast, but there's some like big conscious themes within that movie kind of opening up to like the bigger like interstellar cosmic universe and the idea that there are like humanoid beings that exist in other parts of the galaxy and <clears throat> and even introduce like the concept of the greys kind of like hidden in plain sight in a lot of things yeah yeah um sorry guys we're, we're like i said we're gonna get closer wrapping up this broadcast part of the reason is like my like voice is like getting all messed up i can't talk properly anymore one thing i was gonna say though so within the matrix some of the things that really stood out to me is obviously like the iconic scene with the boy who like when he goes to see the oracle i mean first you get into this whole like thing of like you know, sort of um, destiny and fate and free will and everything with the Oracle. Um, But you also get into this whole part of like the young boy who has like the spoon and he says, you know, it is not the spoon that bends. It is only your mind. So within this matrix, within this computer version of the world, it's, it's like this place where, you know, your thoughts are able to bend the laws to bend the rules. And so what we're doing is like, we're kind of getting those parallels between that 
and what we are able to achieve within the dream space and the dream space also teaching us what we're able to achieve within this space in terms of like the thoughts being, you know, the source point for like cause and effect within the dream space. And so like, that is like such a potent idea is that, you know, spoon bending is not just this thing within the matrix. Like it actually, there actually is like a legitimate aspect to that reality that people can like look into and stuff. Um, so, I mean, that in itself is just like a really, really uh, potent concept to be able to put in there. And um, <laughs> what I wanted to say with the, with the agents, with the agents, um, it's it like, and again, you know, when we, when we were talking about the matrix, you're, you're right. A lot of us probably saw this movie when we were younger and we probably had to see it a few times to really download what it was, or at least let me just step back and take a moment here. Cause it's, that goes into this idea of, um, you know, I think of what David Lynch says in, in sort of a presentation where he's like, if you, you know, if you like watch a, a book, or if you, if you watch a book, if you read a book, or if you watch a movie with a golf ball size consciousness, then you will have a golf ball size awareness of it. But if you watch a movie with a beach ball size consciousness, and you'll have a beach ball size consciousness of it kind of thing. Um, so again, that kind of makes sense where, you know, we can observe that where like, we all saw that movie at one point, and we were just like, whoa, like that was like almost like two, like I know that was something, but I don't fully know what that was. And it wasn't until we go back to and watch it later that we were able to download it. So it's interesting just in that point and I'm kind of bounce around here to sort of think about the like movies maybe we watched when we were younger to go back and watch them again and pick up on the conscious themes within them that we might have actually missed um the first time we were watching it even though we would have subconsciously downloaded it again you know go back and watch like never ending story and stuff um but what i was going to say is like with the uh and we could talk about dune too which david lynch also directed um talking there's like doing the whole story of like uh gorchowski's dune which is like a whole nother thing it's very psychedelic um but what I was going to say with the agents within, uh, you know, within the matrix to me, I, it, I, it took me a while to sort of see them in this way, but eventually I, I, I sort of saw them in a new light. And it was basically this idea that when you are trying to change the world, when you are like trying to like shift the paradigms, when you're trying to bring more light into this world, you are as much a part of like the unfolding system as the agents are themselves. And the agents are there not necessarily to try and literally stop you, even though that is what their narrative represents, but they are there to like help you grow stronger as well. The agents are kind of like the representation of the dirt that covers the seed. And so what you'll actually notice is that the agents are kind of like a code that will naturally appear when somebody starts shining too much light kind of thing. And people can kind of talk about this um, within the reality of this context, because sometimes like I think about that, whereas like if you're going out and you're kind of like <clears throat> you're kind of like maybe doing free hugs or something like that, or you're just out there trying to change the world. And then you'll actually get, this is just one way of thinking about it. You'll get like the program of the agent showing up in different people. And they will be the people who would try and like tell you to like, be like, no, like, don't do that. That's stupid. Like, stop that. Like, you're going to, you know, this isn't right. Like you'd stop doing that. You know, the, the, the story is fine as it is. Leave the narrative alone. Stop trying to change it. You know, they're trying to, again, they're trying to like defend like this old paradigm, but that is like, not even just the individual people it's like this like 
pattern that kind of comes up through people and through elements within culture. So it's kind of interesting because I've observed that when I'm like out there doing the stuff that I do, the shifty stuff that we all do. And I'll notice that. I'll notice that within people. and I'll be like, oh, you know, like we got some like got some like agent code kind of like coming in here. And instead of just being like, oh, you know, like screw you, buddy. Stop trying to tell me what to do. You kind of acknowledge them as just like, a, a, a part of like the system part of like a cause and effect they're almost like inevitably the agent code is almost inevitably going to be there but instead of just like seeing it as your enemy you kind of acknowledge that that in itself is there to train you to help you become more of like your progression into the one into that fully conscious state of being <clears throat> and again like you look at like by the end of like the first matrix neo is like flying around and everything right he's become like that that awakened dreamer that like lucid dreamer and so like that is what we're doing we're like waking up within uh this layer of consciousness and again you know within all this conscious stuff a big part of it just goes back to the idea that like this reality is not as cut and dry as it appears to be you have more potential within this reality thoughts create this reality and and so it's like awakening up to to that that remembrance um, and, and movies are, are kind of like gently walking us through that process. Um, but yeah, that was what I was going to say about like the whole, like the agents being kind of like a code within, within this matrix as well. So yeah. Yeah. But the matrix is like a huge inspiration, even like the whole like concept of like hacking the matrix and stuff. Obviously I got a lot of inspiration out of that. Um, but yeah, go, go ahead. Somebody else feel free to jump in guys. Cause I can't, I can't keep talking <laughs> as much as I want to. Um, go ahead. Uh, Nathan, did you want to yeah. jump? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Here, I'll, I'll jump right back in. This, this is a really good talking point, and I would gladly love to talk to you more, um, but obviously you're, you're still feeling it because like, I get the same thing. Like I get on these tangents so fast to where my, my mouth just can't portray it anymore. Like My brain goes so fast. So here, I'll pick up on, let's see. You talk about agents, and it's really, really cool that you say that. Like, you can you can think that agents are hiding in plain sight. It's like how they take form in certain people, and so that's how like in the original or in in the way that the the agents are created. He just like he sticks his finger in and manipulates them through. Um, just uh, well, I just kind of thought of this actually. He 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 takes his fingers and puts them into his chest, and maybe maybe that's connection or allegory to like manipulation of the heart or emotion in some way. Um, either appeal to emotion or appeal to flirt, like flirting with someone in any which way, or just straight up ab hominem attacks really on the person. Uh, and that really is, again, like you said, a good uh, allegory for uh, spiritual development and, and, and for awakening the, the true uh, shifter in, in, in the reality that we, that we, that we all speak. Uh, you're also saying that, that once we empower ourselves and once we, once we awaken to, to, our true potential we can truly fly as, as the analogy was was saying as neo starts flying around and seeing seeing with real eyes of what the matrix is and and to transition into to the trilogy is like the matrix reloaded he he gets out of the matrix in in the very end of the movie and he actually has real powers in like to face the machines he said he actually takes his hand he stops the machines from 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 taking um from, from coming in and at the very end this is like a spoiler alert if anyone's not seen it but like the the very end of the scene is where he passes out and then he's on the on the stretcher on the bed uh in 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 one of the ships and then it trans it translates to another another survivor they said who had survived a, a giant like 
machine attack or something like that. And that's apparently like Agent Smith within the real world. And that really blew my mind. I, I recently watched the, the Matrix Reloaded uh, recently with my with my family. It's kind of like a tradition now since I told you about that. But the the cool part is that like translating that, I would say it's like it, it's it's closer than we think, and it's like right under our noses. Like it could be anyone. <laughs> like at the same time, keeping diligence, um, and and really spreading that free hug love that we always that we that really needs to be happened. Like even even as even as dismal as it looks, like those people that are the agents need it more than we think. Like they need that love and they need that like 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 it's a good re it's a good proactive action or solution to really show that person more love than anyone because deep down inside that person is really is really hurting totally yeah man definitely and like that's like that's the, the it, it's really cool when when you get like movies kind of um putting forth that message of like the power of love um and, and not to say that like the matrix is immediately doing that but there are a lot of other movies um that do that do carry that just like the power to like change the world through love um i'm trying to think like even like getting to like some of the fantasy movies um well, for some reason Pokemon did that for some reason. Um, Bridge to Terabithia just came into my mind, which was like it was like a really heart, like heart expanding story. Um, There's the Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal, that's a trippy movie. Um, yeah, yeah, back into oh, uh, Fifth Element. Fifth Element, yeah, yeah. Um, I was I'm just kind of reading here because I got like a couple a uh, couple lists of uh, other movies that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, Kung Fu Panda, that is a great movie um some really conscious themes within that movie you got like the the character of like the wise like elder turtle who's kind of like a yoda character and he like totally drops some conscious gems um i can't like totally quote them off the top of my head but but i'll, I'll be honest when i first saw that movie back in you know years ago uh I actually like was with my friends and and actually like it took some mushrooms before going to see that movie and it was just like such like a such a visceral experience it was such like a potent experience it felt like so right to be like in that moment and it just like even in that moment i was just like oh my god like i can't believe they're saying this in a movie this is so cool right like getting it like right in front of kids and, and just like making it kind of like second nature and everything um but yeah it's really cool to see like movies doing that to intentionally uh help young people invoke that like ability to become their inspired and their, their empowered self um other movies that we haven't talked too much about <clears throat> we mentioned the fountain very much at the be very briefly at the beginning cloud atlas we haven't really talked about we could talk a little bit about that um i heart huckabees these are i'm just kind of listing these as examples if people want to like maybe take note of movies they haven't seen yet i heart huckabees has a lot to do with like synchronicity and coincidences and stuff um again like space odyssey scanner darkly uh star wars fight club hum with robin williams that's a that great a really movie. good one super potent that like again it takes place all within the dream space and like it's like through the multiple levels of like kind of heaven and hell um so much within that uh even ghostbusters getting into like the paranormal realm of things um yeah like some conscious movies can be like humorous and stuff too um what's the, what's the one where like i'm not really sure what the title is or even what the premise is about but it's like this <laughs> one guy it's like an like angels and demons kind of video, uh, movie where uh, yeah constantine no. i think that's it yeah you're, you're right <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> Good have, but it has potential 
Um, I, I yeah. just, that, that just came to mind. It just, my, my head, it just kind of popped in my head. It just, yeah, no, but there are themes within that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, definitely. Hercules. <laughs> Hercules. There you go. Yeah. You um, know, with like the Hydra. And yeah. Uh, cut the head off, it keeps coming back. iRobot, um, AI, uh, the Stanley AI, Kubrick. That was a really, like, and um, Spielberg movie. It was a really um, odd movie. I mean, like, that, I wouldn't. At, at the end. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah at the end it's super crazy right because it's like the ai in the future have become almost like these like aliens what we almost think of as aliens and they have like this like hive mind collective and stuff um mm. yeah i remember writing but there was like nobody around right <clears throat> yeah there are no humans left there just like the robot aliens and stuff um yeah yeah um enter the void we briefly talked about that Fantastic Planet. Fantastic Planet is this trippy animated movie. It's like a French movie. Um, oh my god, it's so weird. Like on this movie, like humans are like very small compared to like these aliens that are really big and they kind of treat humans like little pets. But there's like all this whole part within the movie of like vibrations creating form and like crystals growing and stuff. It's so crazy. Um, but again, like it's really, really, really cool. interesting to think of what like the inspiration. One? called fantastic planet you can find it online yeah 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 um legend of korra uh the avatar tv series that's like a whole thing in itself too Um, i'm sure a lot of you guys have probably uh who have seen the avatar series you know they they blatantly like explain like the chakras and stuff within that movie within the tv series um and then the legend of korra it like blatantly gets into like the spirit realm side of things and like humans living alongside spirits and it gets into this whole story of like the duality of like light and darkness and everything um heidi is just mentioning in the chat she is mentioning paprika paprika is another good example that's an anime movie that takes place like all within the dream space um so it's like again kind of uh waking life is another movie that we hadn't mentioned but that's almost like goes without saying that was like a huge inspiration for me for the journey to lucidity movies um but yeah paprika is a good one uh recommending people go see that um yeah yeah there's so many but yeah waking life is like a beautiful movie that literally takes place in the dream in the dream space and it's like a you know a a young man kind of like traveling through and talking to different dream characters and everything um which again inspired me for for what i wanted to create with um journey to lucidity um and yeah and even just like again you know going back into the idea of like what are some of the what are some of the things that people try to accomplish within like movies and making movies within like the journey to lucidity movies which you know for those of you unfamiliar you can find those on my youtube channel or just youtube journey to lucidity um like those movies they're they're really interesting to make and what is really interesting is that like sometimes I find that I am like a a conduit for, for the movie, like coming into fruition in a nonlinear sense. So instead of me saying like, okay, this is exactly what the movie is going to be rather. It's more so me showing up as a conduit to be able to take part in the movie creating itself. And then like, I'm kind of like this, like this, this, you know, this instrument in a way. And so one of the lessons when I was making the journey to lucidity movie, which again, like it takes place at a transformational festival. And it's like the story of like a dreamer going through the festival and and they're waking up to like their multidimensional reality. And it's also like about like my own, my own story as well, which is like a whole thing in itself is that like, 
the story of journey to lucidity and my own story are like kind of interwoven at this point um but yeah one thing that was interesting when making this movie that i feel sort of can be thought of as like something that can happen in other movies is that going into it i kind of had this specific vision of what i kind of wanted to do and yet within the first one specifically there's this whole process of it not really going to plan yet me learning how to let go and then by the end of it by the end of filming i was like oh no like i don't think i got what i needed this isn't going to work out yet by the end of like me getting to the editing process i began to see it all come together and i was kind of like wow you know like if i had filmed it the way i originally thought i was going to this movie wouldn't exist in the way it does now so it's like kind of like this idea of um, when I'm making a movie, <clears throat> I almost have to envision that it's already made. I have to see that it's our, like the, the future of it existing is already there. And then I'm kind of like catching up with that process and I'm kind of like going with the flow and allowing it to unfold and like being in the process of showing up at the right moment, especially given the theme that, you know, it takes place at a transformational festival that's like ripe with synchronicities. It's a synchronicity playground. Um, and and with the Journey to Lucidity movies, like the first one is is called The Planted Seed. And it's really about like the, the dreamer awakening within the dream. And then the second one is The Tree of Guardians. And that's more about the dreamer intentionally stepping into their role as a light guardian as a guardian of the dream as a guardian of love as a guardian of virtue and everything um warriors of virtue that's another great movie kangaroos and stuff and then in the third one it's called the quest of quest so that's more about like finding our purpose finding our objective so it's like okay we've and so this is kind of like the story arc of like what i feel is happening for us as consciousness it's like okay we've woken up within the dream that's awesome what do we do next? Okay. We like embody a role. We embody like an archetype, a guardian. Okay. That's awesome. Now, what do we do next? We carry that role and we use it to like go on a mission and to accomplish an objective and to carry forth that, which we are a guardian of. And then the fourth one, and this is like really getting ahead. And I'll just like mention this so that people can sort of have it in the back of their mind when it comes out, which won't be for a while. The fourth one has a lot to do with the divine marriage and has a lot to do with like the male and female as well. So stay tuned to that. And then like, and the fifth one will kind of be a continuation uh, on that. And the fifth movie is going to be filming uh, this April at Lucidity Festival. It'll be the last one in the series because that's the last year that the festival is happening. After that, they're like concluding the festival. That was their plan. It was only like a six year festival plan. And so the Journey to Lucidity movie, the first one happened on the second year. So that's why there's five Journey to Lucidity movies. And they're there again. The fourth one is already filmed. The fifth one will be filmed this April. Thanks to awesome support from people such as you and team Patreon and amazing things. So, but yeah, that whole process of just like being a conduit for consciousness to be able to like share a message with itself, I think is a really, really interesting idea. And I feel like that's what happens a lot within a lot of these movies where again, you know, sometimes people are just like, there's like, a part of a movie and you know they're making it and they're just kind of putting it together and by the end of it they're just like wow this is really cool and they don't even really know what it was that they created because it was kind of like higher consciousness kind of coming through them and yet sometimes you get people who are intentionally creating uh with specific intention you know people like james cameron who are bringing forth these very uh you know like potent messages particularly so again you know kind of moving close to wrapping this up movies are such a powerful way to be able to deliver messages and those messages those ideas like that's really what it is you know it's ideas 
and an idea can change the world kind of going back into the v for vendetta type thing like you know that one idea can really just like spark a revolution it can spark a revolution of consciousness as well so that's why you know movies media tvs they're not just there for entertainment they can just be there for entertainment but when they start to become something more they start to become a tool to literally help accelerate the shift and so that's a very exciting part so um and that's what's happening and that's totally what's happening it's it's pretty beautiful so art echoes culture and culture echoes art um so yeah guys i just want to keep passing around if you guys want to keep jumping in we'll we'll go for maybe like 15 more minutes and then we'll wrap it up if anybody wants to thor thor is a good one yeah anything in particular from thor that stood out to you mike Mm. well of course you know uh there was the thing about the hammer but also at first Odin didn't want Thor to um, didn't feel Thor was worthy of wielding the hammer. And so that was kind of one of the things that was really interesting that um, Thor had to kind of earn, I guess you could say that respect of Odin. And um, I mean, I think, you know, Thor was always the chosen one, uh, but Thor had to, be worthy in order to to um to use his uh or be able to wield that hammer and also when you see in the dark world it was really interesting because uh, there's like this thing i forgot what it was called but it's like this energy thing that they that they were trying to to get uh that had something, I forget what it did. It was one of the soul gems kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, it it was something that was very, um, I mean, very valuable. And, you know, I mean, they kept looking at it through this movie. There was also something really interesting um, with uh, Thor because there is this quote, uh, it says like, it was like, um, you're really into science. And in, in my world, or in your, your world accepts like uh, things that are scientific, that are science. You're really into science. Uh, yeah, but you're getting like the, the science magic thing is what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like it, your, it your like, science or like our... Yeah, like the this the what we have, um, like, like it, our from, science is like something that you would think of as magic kind of thing. Yeah, as he said, yeah. I come from a place where like they're both the they're they're, they're one both and the, the same. same. Yeah, yeah, and um, there's also the showing of a rainbow bridge. Yeah, Bifrost. Really interesting. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that on the past broadcast, actually. Yeah, yeah, because that's like kind of like the the um, <clears throat> the Viking sort of metaphor within their stories of kind of like that that like transdimensional portal through the third eye that is um, activated and uh, something that like you cross through at the time of death. So like at death, you know, they had this whole idea of passing 
over the rainbow bridge the bifrost and and yet that is like not just like something in asgard but it's like an interdimensional concept that um we're kind of seeing so yeah the worlds within thor i remember were being very cool um just like again you know just sometimes within movies like that they may not sort of be saying like oh hey you know like here's like a super conscious idea but they're just saying like here like look at this world look at like the scale of it look at the vision of it and sometimes like in the process of doing that it's almost like reminding us of like higher dimensional realms or like ancient times um again you know you look at like thor and you're just like whoa you know like that reminds me of like atlantis or something like that or mu or lumeria or something um which i think is pretty interesting um yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. I think it's good that we have all these representations of different places uh, that are in movies because uh, whether you know if you could say where we move on or whatever and uh, you know that's kind of like a thing like you know you need to have ideas to build worlds or whatever I, I you know I, I i'm not really sure 100 percent of what happens but i just have an idea and uh, i think just with all these different ideas of different types of like within all these mythologies with greek mythology with uh norse mythologies all these different ideas uh to represent uh you know say like places like a, a type of heaven or a place where uh, people can go uh, or you know as as a place for like uh interstellar transportation if you want to call it that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah like basically i think um all these different ideas um oh like as far as like asgard or you know or mount olympus or all these different ideas, I think they're good because they help to like, um, you know, put that that uh, archetype out there of of uh, of a heaven, and heaven mm. can be looked at as an archetype. So, yeah, yeah. There's um, <clears throat> you made me think of another movie called Astral City. Um, I don't know if anybody has heard of that. It's like a foreign movie and I actually haven't seen it. I'm just familiar with it. Um, but yeah, like it's literally takes place like in the astral city, like in, an, in, so, you know, in the same way we have like culture and society here, it takes place kind of in like heaven, which is literally just like another level of a uh, dimension, which has like a, still like a culture to it. And so this is something which again, you know, it makes for a great movie, but it's not just something that's entirely complete fiction so to speak it's actually something you know people talk about be like oh you know like i've had like a near-death experience or i've had you know trans you know like able to like transfer memory from a previous higher dimensional existence and and you know they have these experiences of these higher dimensional astral realms and with all best guess it would make sense that you know there would be places like this in the infinite aspects of the universe and everything um so again i think uh, astral city would be like another movie people might want to go uh, go check out as well um yeah, astral yeah, city yeah. 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 yeah hey guys hey batman was a really good one batman yeah batman's got some really interesting themes in especially if the dark knight rises the yeah the dark knight because it was all about like the soul of gotham and um the infinite like mm-hmm. battle between like the joker and batman and both sort of creating the other cool because Um, there was this part when they were 
when they were when they were fighting um, Bane and Batman, he was like, "I wonder what would break first, your body or your spirit?" <laughs> no, spirit. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but cool. the thing is, is his spirit like? I mean, no spoiler alerts. I think you know people have seen Batman by now, but um, <laughs> you know, we'll pass like, it to KJ in a second. Go ahead, Mike. Okay. Yeah. Well, I would say like basically it was. His body was broken. His spine was broken. Uh, but, I mean, he could still live. You know, he's Batman. Um, it's like his kundalini was broken. You know, he had to, like, have that spirit to climb out of that hole. And when he climbed out of that hole, I guess you could look at that as, like, he rose. Um, yeah, such a good... I mean, intense movie, but, you know, people are going, this is Gotham. This is Gotham. And, you know, he missed the climb quite a few times. And every time he did, you know, I mean, that just, you know, jacked up his back even more. But he had that spirit. And he said, like, the only thing that's going to, that's going to, like, get you through this is not your body, but uh, the spirit, you know, uh, to do this movie mm-hmm. really good movie cool thanks mike we'll uh, pass it over to kj i know kj wanted to jump in kj welcome welcome to the hangout if you'd like to join in please feel free on the theme of conscious conscious themes in movies and media so kj if you're there i'm um, just unmute yourself when you get a second go ahead uh, hey guys. there we go hey man welcome no, I just wanted to say just one quick thing, which is like, you know, it, it seems like all of these things that we talk about in the modern world, these movies, obviously the makers of the movies know exactly what they're doing. They have esoteric wisdom in their back pocket. They've read a couple books, you know? And so it's it's quite obvious. Uh, you just it's it's up to us to read those books as well so that we can see what they're doing. And that just goes back to the whole wisdom thing, you know, to eternity. You know, it's like it's wisdom shared down through immortal time or eternal time through immortal soul, like knowledge to knowledge. And, you know, just thinking about, you guys are mentioning a couple of different things, but just even thinking about <clears throat> C.S. Lewis for a moment and Aslan, like a good quote from uh, Lewis is now, now, sir, said the bulldog in his business like way. Are you an animal, a vegetable or a mineral? Reply the magician's nephew. And it's like he was just as much an esoteric person as anybody else. I mean, so I just want to say like, you know, you said something about Rainbow Bridge a second ago. That's Tibetan Book of the Dead. I mean, let's just be very clear about traditions, right, and where things come from. You know, like the ancient Greeks, we have the Egyptians, we have, you know, Mayans, Aztecs, you know, like, you know, Norse mythology we were talking about a second ago, right? All of these, you know, Tessarians really big into the Druids and things like this, right? I mean, all that ancient wisdom... So anytime you see something modern that's going back to that sort of thing, just connect the dots, you know, just connect the dots. There's no, 
like <clears throat> if I can put it this way, I'll just say that, you know, <clears throat> there's no new ideas. Like even something that comes out of nothing comes out of something. Like I think of the difference between being invented and discovered. I mean, was electricity discovered or invented? I mean, was was the potential always always there? And that comes back down to the potentiality of the, the human race and mankind. And and you know, again, sort of Brand, Brendan, this is just listening to you and listening to all the things you've done. It, it's always inspiring, you know. So it's like, yeah, it's like you are both on your own journey and also awakening within the journey, you know. And that's a divine seeing and uh, it's a beautiful thing but i'll just say this once again like always connect the dots to the to the ancient traditions to the modern stuff right i mean i, I don't know like nothing new has arrived light workers are not a new thing like dude they're just not new they've been around like look at what let's talk about alchemy right look at uh porphyry look at uh all the ain't we talk about magic and science and the and Michael brought up the Thor quote. Um, you know, there's it's well known within alchemy that and especially if you just look at it from a rational point of view, that what used to be like our science today was like the magic of yesterday. You know, it's like we didn't understand. Oh, it's like, oh, look at those people doing these things. But then we we get a little understanding but then we don't get understanding and then you deal with things like E equals MC squared. You try to bring in, you know, Einstein and Newton, you know, they get people like, uh, you know, Nassim Haramein that are doing unified field theory. So they're working on the physics level. And then, then you got like people running around with like geometric signs on their shirts and stuff with, you know, yelling out the flower of life. That was a joke to you, brother. But no, all kidding aside, um, you know, it's beautiful. Yeah. And I like, um, KJ, thank you. And I like um, even just focusing in on like the character of like Aslan. Because uh, I think like that, again, like what's really cool within movies is where you sort of like look at some of like the the elder wisdom holder archetypes. So, you know, you get characters like Aslan, you get characters like Gandalf, you get characters like Yoda, you get characters like the Ancient One, you get characters like Morpheus. And that's like such a like a recurring thing is that, again, you know, the story will be of like a journeyer or a young troop of journeyers. And then you always have like this like wisdom holder who's sort of passing on this knowledge and helping show them that you know the world that they once thought was true was maybe an illusion or there's more to it and then it helps them block them to their abilities and it helps them like step into their duty and their responsibility to help change the world and if you look at a lot of the movies a big part of them you know a lot of the popular ones are about like like saving the day quote unquote or like you know just like being able to help change the world or save the world and stuff and so i feel like again on that big grand scale like that is like what we are are, are like getting out of these movies is that yes they are fantastical journeys that are just enriching our imagination but they are also constantly reminding us of like hey like this world is inviting you to take part this world like is you know in need of your participation and so like will you answer the call and so i think like these movies are kind of like prepping us to say like yes okay i've watched enough chronicles of narnia to be like ready to do this i want my own adventure so the movie yeah. is saying like here's an adventure here's an adventure 
go live your own adventure because it's our it's like it's our modern day you know sort of wisdom culture it's like it's what we have and i mean if you just like if you understand c.s lewis was extremely influenced by plato plato is extremely influenced by mystery schools in the egyptians i mean you know you you just you know look at look talk to anyone graham hancock desarian any of these people right they're always going to connect the dots back to things like lemuria right atlantis you know everyone always loves to quote plato and atlantis it cracks me up but it's like if you actually just study plato you realize what c.s lewis is doing so it's like it's a great bridge for our modern culture into an ancient sort of wisdom and understanding uh, the same way that, you know, like the Eye of Ra, you know, walking around with the button of Eye of Ra is a great sort of portal to open people up to, you know, that sort of ancient wisdom as well, which is what is so beautiful about your buttons and T-shirts, et cetera, right? And so <clears throat> I would just say this, like, if you're going to watch C.S. Lewis, if anybody, right, is going to watch C.S. Lewis or anything wisdom oriented, like for example, Dr. Strange. I mean, Dr. Strange went to the Tibetan mountains. Hello? Went meditating in the Tibetan mountains with like llamas and stuff. <clears throat> that's not made up, right? I mean, that's, it's called Tibetan Buddhism, you know? It's called Tibetan mountains. Yeah, they're over there. Get out of wherever you're at and go, why don't you do what he did? And then, then you might be able to appreciate that journey. So, yeah, it's the, the movie that wakes you up to it. And then you go on that journey to the top of the Tibetan mountains. And then you come back here and you join the, the uh, Paradigm Shift uh, hangout. And you tell people about it. Simple. Done deal. Bob's your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and again, you know, kind of stepping back on, on like what I feel it, 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 I, I really hope and not just hope because hope sometimes implies doubt. Um, I'm really honored to be able to be like taking part in a process to help encourage people to, to see the value in like the movies that we are seeing today and to encourage you guys to like go look at them from, from that expanded perception and to, to, to seek the consciousness shifting themes within them. Cause sometimes you'll go through a movie and there might be like, you know, just like jokes and humor and color and stars and explosions. And then there might be just, like one or two parts within the movie that just like boom like drop like this little conscious gem and you have to be like ready like with your hands there to receive it to sort of get it um and some people you know like the movie will like drop a conscious gem right in their lap but it will like fall right through kind of thing um but again you know with with all this stuff happening i feel and this is kind of what i talked about before with the doctor strange stuff i feel this calls us into a place where what we can do is that we can help be there to continue the conversations with people um, who are like getting more introduced to some of these themes as a result of these movies and everything. And then you use the conversations of these movies as ways to be able to help build the bridge between like higher conscious ideas and mainstream culture. And so, yeah, it's just like, it's a really fascinating process and, and, and just this, process of storytelling in general um is like really like what moves us forward because like when you think about it you know what what are we doing when we're storytelling like sometimes we're reflecting the past but sometimes we're also like reflecting the future and this is kind of like an interesting thing where you can get back into like the ancient days of like cavemen 
And sometimes like cavemen, you know, instead of going out there and like embarking on the hunt right away, um, Nathan, we'll pass it over to you in a second. Instead of like going out on a hunt and then just like in, trying to like hunt the buffalo or, or hunt the antelope or hunt whatever, you know, hunt you're after, what they would actually do is that they would actually like draw on their cave wall them like succeeding in the hunt. It would be like them like catching the hunt and them like, you know, like getting the meat and stuff like that. And so they would almost like subconsciously or ultra consciously create this narrative of them achieving this objective and back then life was simpler you know there wasn't too too much else to do other than like survive sleep and hunt kind of thing and so like that is kind of what i feel that we are doing is that we are creating these stories that are kind of like us like putting ourselves into the future it's like us like creating a giant spell that that is like creating you know like a a a a way for us to sort of like see what can and may happen kind of thing um whether it be like fully fictitious or not um yeah so it's just kind of interesting that like storytelling is is this much more multi-dimensional thing than we realize and it has a lot to do with us, us like extending our branches of creation from in the present moment, like out into the future. Um, so I really encourage, you know, people here to like practice getting into the storyteller within themselves and, and to just like, let that like evolve within, uh, you know, however it can within your own reality, but, you know, short stories, movies, like making videos and stuff like that. Um, there's a storyteller inside all of us. And, and I feel like in a lot of ways we're like, so many of us were, were kind of telling this like common story and, and it's such a powerful story. The story of us, like, you know, awakening to our potential over and over again. And, and, and the only way that we can really allow this story to exist is by like going through the process of us, like forgetting our potential in the first place. Um, so that's kind of like what I see happening is that like movies are like, stories within a bigger story of us like having forgotten yet coming into a remembrance and the movies are there to do that they're they're just like slowly you know like and this is a separate idea but like you know like who's to say that aliens aren't like some somewhat influencing the movies that we have and not just aliens you know like higher conscious entities and stuff like that higher conscious intelligence us as our own you know like non-linear guardian angels or whatever um just kind of like planting seeds and you know like one one day someone's just like oh yeah you know like go make a movie about that and then they wake up one morning and they're like i'm gonna make a movie about this and then it turns out to be like some crazy consciousness shifting movie sort of thing can um, i give you a keyword brendan sure sure and then we're gonna pass it to nathan so go ahead uh, just yeah. allegory what you're talking about yeah. is allegory yes yeah yeah very much so yeah and like going back, do you want to just, how would you explain allegory? Like going back to almost like the Plato sort of. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I think Plato is famous for it. Um, but uh, allegory is a story told in one set of terms with its higher meaning uh, revealed in a different set of terms. It's different than a parable because a parable is a story with a meaning, but the higher set of terms isn't revealed to the reader. Uh, So that's very much like Christianity is famous for parables. But allegory is a story that is told in one set of terms, but its higher meaning is revealed in a parallel set of terms. So, and it's given within the story. So within the story, the reader can find the terms and 
come to the higher level of what we might call consciousness of what we might call spiritual awakening but like you talk about this story within us right i mean that story is the allegory that's the allegory within us within our spiritual development it's like sort of what i call the dream master coming back to source with dream master and and just sort of what some people term getting off the cycle of birth and death you know you can call it nirvana you can call it different things in platonic thoughts called the one and the good sometimes called the void whatever it's like it's that allegory and so you talk about these stories you make these movies and everything and you, you realize there's a movie being made within another movie that wasn't even being shown to you at the time you kind of come to it it's like that's the watcher watching the watcher watching the watcher and it's like that is it brother it's like so the key word is allegory totally totally man that's awesome yeah um that I just wanted to say something real quick and I'm going to pass it over to Nathan. This was something that I thought about earlier, but we just didn't fully get into the conversation of just like the parallels of looking at the North American modern day stories of superheroes and that whole thing. And kind of looking at that as like, you know, parallel to um, like Hindu uh, religion, spirituality and how like their stories of their gods were very much like their comic book heroes uh, of the time. And, and so those heroes were representing like different aspects of the self, you know, like different virtues of like what is within each and every one of us. Um, and, and so like, it's really interesting to just like, I, I wish I had the experience. I wish I could like sit and listen to some of like the stories of like the Hindu gods and, and everything. Cause I, they like, they are ripe. Like they are like Hollywood movies, uh, in, in just like their, their own ways and everything. Um, yeah, and there's like a movie I mentioned about it called League of Gods. Uh, it's like an Asian Chinese movie. And it's like this super, like it's a whole movie kind of takes place in the higher dimensional realms and stuff. Um, yeah, and it's like really crazy and everything. But yeah, just looking at how like the uh, the modern day superhero is like also another way for us to see like different archetypes within ourselves and stuff. But anyways, um, we're going to get close to the end of the broadcast. But Nathan, go ahead. We'll, we'll pass over to you next. Thing. Yeah, so to so wrap this up myself too, I, I really like how it all really does dwindle back down to ancient texts and, and, and allegory when it comes to to people. And it, it brings up like back in the day, like you were talking, talking about cave drawings and it's the, it's, the, it's the aspect of where did that creativity come from? The, the aspects of did real like media back then there was no there was no books at the time like people didn't know how to write or they only knew how to like depict things on cave drawings uh there was no trans trans um transportable text at the time like like way back when like really far back and so everything was word of mouth everything had to have been spoken and imbibed on the spot and really like like had to be remembered and in some ways reminded by so like the allegory of a pencil or a, like a, of a leaf could be what this person said at this time. And so like, that could be an example of an allegory back then. And it could be very like symbolism was invented along the lines of to, to depicting that uh, going on with that too. Um, all of like uh, going back even farther, like to think of how the creation was uh, put onto that wall. Like you, you, you think how uh, ancient guys and ancient men and women in uh, caves thought of a, uh, 
of, of, of taking psilocybin mushrooms and had that aspect uh, even even in depicted into the, the art of uh, uh, what's his name? Is Alex Gray, Cameron Gray. You're and, right. Uh, that's that's the guy. He was on my wall. I was about to turn over. Yeah, Alex Gray. He depicts that uh, very well in in one of his uh, very symbolic pictures of an ape uh, holding a, a, a mycelium mushroom, and he. It, it, it depicts a further story of saying creation of uh, the creativity was birthed in such a way. I mean, I'm not saying that that was the original way, but in such a way to to birth like things like the, the silver screen, like all the way, all the way up to here. So like it's just like trans transmitting media through word of mouth. And then it translates into books, which is the ancient text that we think of. Um, that are very very skewed up and up, up until a point, but it's all there. It's 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 you, you got to do a lot of work to to dig it up and to, to, to do things like the druids of Michael Tessarion, for for example, uh, David Ike, as I mentioned earlier in the pod in the, in the podcast uh, uh, in the broadcast, and it, it people have this knowledge. And and again, yes, it's, it 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 is nothing new. We we do know this. It it, it is out there, and we just have to find it. We have to, we have, to have that urge that hunger to really want to look for it and with within the movies that is part of it like that's what people want it are, are, are being woken up to is that there are more than meets the eye and that's what i love your analogy your pre-analogy of of the depiction of going back to the dr strange your pre-analogy was saying that this is going to wake some people up this is going to wake some people up and as i was as i was watching the movie i was remembering your video and it really made me think like, yes, this has got to do more. This has got to wake some, like, ring some bells. Like at least if they're tiny, like they're still ringing their bells. And it, it goes to show that people are slowly waking up. And there's one last comment before I, I, I honestly have to go. It's really late for me. Uh, the one last comment would be is I, I think like this is either necessary for, for the powers that should not be uh, because they're, they're, surface of control like their levels of control have gotten way out of hand I, I i believe like it's way out of hand and things need to be it's way off balance and there's not enough people doing the work that we do the the, the, the great work that we do and it's a sort of easing in this sort of information and i figured that's just that's a, either i watched a video somewhere on the net like this like wellspring of obviously this so much information you have to really understand it to and be at that conscious level like the golf ball analogy um but that yeah like i figured like that this is either consciousness waking itself up or an, an, another means it's, it's it's really what i'm saying so um i really enjoyed this talk and and i hope to do it again awesome man nathan thank you so much for joining i really appreciate you helping us likewise, uh, likewise. create the chat here so Awesome, man. All right. And uh, yeah, if you have to go, then we will definitely see you. Yeah. In the have future. a good night. So, cheers, Until cheers. next time. Until next time. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about like uh, Star Wars and just kind of like a couple things that are just like super obvious that we almost like I've talked about it from plenty of other things, but we just almost didn't talk about it here. So again, you know, like within Star Wars, uh, like a potent themes within that, you know, like the idea of like the force being this interconnected 
this way of describing an interconnection between all of us. And again, you know, like Yoda is like teaching us like one of the best lines in the whole Star Wars thing. And this is like even the video I did on my YouTube channel. If you haven't seen it, it's called The Secret Reason People Love Star Wars. But within it, I specifically talk about this, how like Yoda basically says, you know, like, um, you know, luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. So, I mean, right there, it gets into this idea of saying like the material world is like this illusion and stuff. So, I mean, George Lucas, like he was very much into like spirituality and, and he brought that through in the movies. Um, and then what I was just going to say is kind of like the hidden aspect within the Star Wars is the whole idea of the Jedi and the Jed for those of you just unfamiliar, like the Jedi isn't just a thing within Star Wars, but the D Jedi, the Jed, um, are kind of like an ancient, like, like group of like metaphysical soldiers from like back in the day, metaphysical warriors from back in the days of like ancient Egypt who would like come into the world to be able to help like bring more light into it, to be able to help shift consciousness, shift paradigms. And that's where, you know, what we're talking about here within like what we're doing in the paradigm shift project is like this kind of like resurgence of the modern day Jedi and the modern day Jedi, like the word Jedi literally means like pillars of light. So, I mean, you, you think about this as like how like this movie is, is just like there is uh you know I, I like to think of star wars as like a documentary more than anything you know it's like a long time ago in a galaxy far far away and it's just like oh it's a documentary then um but again you know it's kind of awakening us into the ability to like tap into that inner jet to tap into that inner force to be the pillars of light um you know to hold our lightsabers uh and, and in doing so to be able to help like you know like bring courage where there needs to be courage stand up against oppression where there needs to be stand up and to like be a guardian for love for virtue um you know like for like those who can't stand for themselves um and to do what i love kj go ahead <clears throat> i know you want to jump in no i just but i see i love what you're saying <laughs> yoda thanks <man. laughs> see, i love what you're saying but you just forgot one tiny line okay which is the book that he based it off of, the book he Lucas based it off of. Which um, which one was that? The, Joseph Campbell, A Hero with a Thousand Faces. Right, right. And we were talking about that, but yeah, yeah, definitely inspired by because him and Joseph Campbell like hung out a lot. So this is my point. He was into ancient mythology, right? Mm -hmm. I mean. You know, you look at Star Wars, this is our sort of modern day mythology, but there's, you know, it, there's nothing modern about it. There's nothing modern about what George Lucas did. Nothing. It's, it's, a, it's a eternal age time old story. Like you just said, boom, ancient Egypt, Jedi. Thanks, by the way. I didn't know that little fun fact. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Like it's just kind of one of those things that you know like here we have like kids like talking about being jedi and stuff like that and, it, and it's one of those things where you know you almost have to you almost have to like hide the truth in fiction and i feel like that's like what a lot of movies are doing you know that's what dr strange is doing you know it's just like presenting all these like super rich potent ideas but it's just kind of like hidden within the context of like a fiction movie um but but because because sometimes you know that's like the consciousness sort of has like this self-defense mechanism where if it's told what to think then sometimes it will like resist and it won't want to think that whereas if you just kind of like share a cool story with it and like encode a message into it it gets the message across without the audience really even realizing like what it was um that they were taking part in so again you know like this is where you get the idea of like movies kind of being like um 
like hypnotizing in a way though though hypnotizing isn't really just like the simplest word to use but yeah it's like you download you download when you watch it um and then for some people like they download it right into their heart and then for some people they download it into the back of their head but it sits there and then maybe like years later it gets like activated again and they're just like oh yeah like those movies like they were something much much more so yeah kj kj and then just thinking about strange oh yeah go ahead michael go ahead go ahead oh i was just gonna say there was one also of course that book uh joseph campbell but there was also a nine minute movie um from 1963 called 21-87 you can actually find it on youtube it's like a nine minute movie yes go on (laughs) <laughs> and that is where he got the concept of the funny thing is it's like it's it's a very like religious uh kind of movie with a lot of religious themes but this is where he got uh the uh the force idea from and why he called it the force uh, i found this very interesting because for a long time i was like where did he get the force from you know and so it's like Mm, may the force be with you. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the name of the movie again? Because I was like the movie he did before Star Wars. What was it called, Michael? The, the digits on it? Oh, t- uh, 21-87. Yeah, yeah. And it's like kind of like this like futuristic movie. I haven't seen Have it, seen but I know it? it. You've heard of that before? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, like it's got some like really, really like sort of like you know, versions of a futuristic um, society. And it's like almost kind of like reminiscent of what we're living in now in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, people say the hidden fortress and I think that could be one of the movies that I think is like a Chinese martial arts movie, you know, that he was inspired by, Mm -hmm. but definitely, I mean, I'm looking at Wikipedia, but it says, yeah, yeah, (laughs) 21, Dash eighty seven, nineteen sixty three. Okay, so sorry, I was thinking. Okay, so that's not the movie that is it not Lucas Arthur did. Lipset? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that is that's Arthur Lipset. But there's another movie that George Lucas did. I was just mistaken though. Um, that he did before Star Wars. Um, let's see if I can find that movie uh, real quick. But um, there's um, yeah, like I, I was just gonna say as I'm just pulling this up, there's some good like um interviews that i've heard with george lucas like rare interviews and he like really talks about uh like the importance of spirituality within you know a person's individual life and he's just like you know like i think spirituality is like a really important thing so i think he was like passionate about people being able to develop their own spirituality and then i think like through star wars he kind of did that he kind of encoded a spiritual perception into the story through the force yet did it in a way that like wasn't really referred to as religion or as spiritual so george lucas yeah george lucas like helped people connect with their own spirituality like in a very effective way like when you think about it so yeah super cool ha 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 i had to interrupt you at least once right um uh, i'm just trying to see uh, tx tx one three yeah that's what it is 
THX 1138, a movie in 1987 set in the 25th century. The story centers around a man and a woman who rebel against their rigidly controlled society. So this is a movie done by George Lucas before Star Wars. And again, it's called THX 1138. Um, yeah, if people are interested, I guess they could go check that out. Cause I feel like, again, like that movie is kind of like almost probably eerily parallel to a lot of like today's society in some ways. Um, yes, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Kind of like talking about like uh, parallels between that and like Orwell and Huxley in a lot of ways. Um, oh, Huxley. Just real Huxley. Quick. The Doors yeah. movie. That's another one. The Doors movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Stanley, well, yeah, it's yeah. Doors of Perception. That's where Jim Morrison got it from, all this Huxley yes. Doors of Perception, yeah. right? But then also, yeah. just to link it back real quick to Doctor Strange, yes. of course, you know yeah. that Stanley was sitting on the bus reading Doors of Perception by Aldous Huxley when they slammed into the side of it, right? Yeah. And that's again, that was all back to mescaline, right? And, you know, you know, Terrence McKenna, you know, you just look at just look at all spiritual systems. They always come back down to psychedelics. And the, and we were talking earlier about I think Nathan, I wanted to mention him, but he's gone now. But the the Alex Gray poster with the, the, the ape eating the mushroom. That's again, that's Terrence McKenna's book, right? Food of the Gods. And that's sort of. Well, that's at least Terrence McKenna's theory about how we developed the frontal lobe and we sort of jumped millions of years of creativity and became this this sort of this species that we are at the moment. But it's like Aldous Huxley, Mescaline, the guy who created Doctor Strange, extremely influenced by mysticism and things like this. Mm-hmm. Lucas, extremely influenced by spirituality, mysticism, all this stuff, right? Uh, you know, it just it's called connecting the dots and what are we connecting the dots with the mind mm-hmm. but here's the real question what is the mind and and actually the higher question is what is the self right right yeah yeah exactly right like that's where like movies can like really start expanding into some interesting territories some of them not all of them do that but some of them do i, I kind of think back to like the fountain um the fountain really does that and even like enter the void uh which we mentioned before uh both movies i would recommend go seeing um but i did just want to mention kj um yeah again you know like yeah i can say from my own personal experience as like a filmmaker um as a quote-unquote award-winning canadian filmmaker i have that title um what i intended to do like when i made the journey to lucidity movies and again the journey to lucidity movies like aren't the first movie like there's another movie called three days of light which is like kind of a, a separate like standalone movie of another festival and then journey to lucidity is kind of like a whole another take on it was like that the three days of light almost like prepared me for journey to lucidity in a lot of ways um but what i was just gonna say is like when i'm making my art whether it's like those movies or any of the other movies for me, like a lot of that was inspired by like going back to my own, not just psychedelic experiences, but like my own connection with like my spirituality and to be able to like say through my own experiences of like, Whoa, you know, like there is more to this reality. Like there's such richness, there's such magic in every moment. How can I help other people see that? 
and and again it's that way of like instead of just like going up and, and and shaking them and telling them that like you know believe this or think this or you know see that instead it's just like here check out this art and then like through that process it invites them to start like thinking for themselves um it's a in, dirty in, trick. In ways that eventually well it's like it's 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 magic it's alchemy it's social alchemy I'm joking it's I'm, divinely i know beautiful. what you're saying yeah but it is <laughs> like it's it's this kind of like roundabout way of uh how consciousness can kind of do things through the th- and, and it's almost like um almost it's almost like the uh, when you get back to inception in the movie inception there's that whole like idea that you know part of what they're trying to do is they're trying to like go into someone's mind to implant an idea and then so they think that their idea was theirs so it's kind of like i feel movies kind of do that um whether sometimes it's more like blatant or subconscious or ultra conscious where you know they'll like plant a seed in someone's mind and then years later they'll like have that idea awaken but they won't realize that it was planted there or they'll 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 claim it as their own which i think it is you know it does become their own as they embody it and stuff um but yeah i'm I'm just reflecting on like you know what you're talking about with aldous huxley and 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 uh, the the, you know the care the creation of dr strange and the artists involved with that um jack kirby and stuff uh you know for me like yeah like my experience with like dmt like totally inspired me to like keep like using art to change the world and you don't need a dmt experience to do that you know you can see the magic in every moment um you know just going out there and again it's kind of one of those things where it's like the world may look the same but it's your perception of it that changes and then in doing so you might see things that were previously like hidden in plain sight um before in that sense so yeah movies are helping helping show us what may be hidden in plain sight um and and it's amazing you know like how many people kind of like go through kind of like with the blinders on and so it's not until the movies are just like here like you know like you like look more at the picture and in the process of doing so you'll see more of yourself as well um so with that said guys uh we're gonna get close to wrapping up this uh broadcast um i'm just trying to think of like any other cool movies that we didn't really mention we didn't really get too much into anime i mentioned a little bit about prince monoke yeah aladdin like again disney talking about the djinn and the genie and stuff like that um robin williams as like the the character of the genie he robin see robin williams is another person who has had all these interesting character archetypes he has been pan in hook um the genie mm-hmm. uh what dreams may come um a lot of movies that he's been in have been sort of these movies that have had these conscious themes uh within them so again you get characters like him you get the characters like jim carrey you get characters even like johnny depp you get characters like ryan reynolds who have been in like various movies about like conscious oh, hook, themes hook was a very yeah that was a big one hook. yeah yeah there's a lot of themes in that too um, it was like uh the kid was like uh one of the kids there was like can you see the food you know and it's like the way that you created food in that world was yeah, with your mind yeah. so that was really yeah good. yeah yeah again like the movies of pan and stuff when you go back and just like look at that it's just like taking place in the dream space it totally becomes different and i think so many people like they're just like oh it's just this made up like fantasy land it's a fantasy land but it's just like oh it's a metaphor for the dream space um yeah like i did a conscious movie review on the new pan movie and, and i'm just like yeah i really love this movie and and so many people are just like this movie is like incredibly retarded but i'm just like no you're just if you could just see it from a slightly different perspective it would look completely different so um 
I think it's interesting how people can be like overly critical of movies. Um, it's 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 like a trending thing to hate a movie sometimes. And I noticed that with the gods of Egypt. That's where like I was like one of the few people where I was like really adamant about like you know like hey this movie is like actually worth seeing and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think of um, again. Stuff that we didn't really get into, and I'm just going to cover it just as we move into the end of this. Uh, even like cartoons and stuff. There's a lot of cartoon shows that like are kind of carrying conscious themes. Um, Rick and Morty. There's a lot of stuff in Rick and Morty that has like multi-dimensional themes and stuff. Actually, the creator of Rick and Morty, he actually worked on Doctor Strange. So like when you get into uh, the Doctor Strange. Uh, like the whole part of him like going through dimensions and stuff like that like that was like also um, worked on by the guy who worked on Rick and Morty and stuff so that's actually just like a nice nice little tidbit and I guarantee you that guy's probably like had experiences with psychedelics and stuff um, so I have one to add I don't you guys I don't I bet you I bet a dollar no one has mentioned it oh yeah uh, yeah I'm gonna bet a dollar okay Donald Duck's Math Magic Land. I did mention that briefly. Oh, Within the Disney. Yeah, yeah. I'm going like, to send you a only dollar. Briefly, only briefly. Because, yeah, you were just like, yeah, there's like this one oh, cartoon. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Donald Duck drawing Fibonacci sequences. He was like, give me something with a beat. Yeah, that's right. He was with Pythagoras. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was cool, yeah. Um yeah yeah i owe brendan a dollar i will send it to you. check that i'll send you a, pay, a paypal link <laughs> um yeah another another again another there was courage so um courage courage the cowardly dog is that a show or what was that yeah it was a show came on cartoon network oh, okay anybody remember courage no i don't remember that no no um i was gonna say adventure time Adventure Time is a, a great show that's got a lot of conscious themes within it. Like seriously, there are some parts within Adventure Time that are like straight up like metaphysical knowledge just being dropped and straight up about like creating within the dream space and straight up about our interconnectedness and how we exist beyond death and stuff like that. And and like even like some very DMT aspects of it where it's like as above, so below, fractal infinities and folding in on itself. Um, what do you think yeah. about like uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood with like Imagination Land? Didn't he have like like the whole imagination land behind is like I, that's, that's I, I imagine that would be something yeah yeah um that's pretty just, far back there yeah i'm just reading in the comments uh here and apologies for the comments guys i've, I've not intentionally been ignoring them um but yeah even uh a couple people uh, one person saying the simpsons does the simpsons does have conscious themes in it as well um yeah okay courage the cowardly yeah, Lisa dog. is a buddhist uh yeah lisa's that's right that's right yeah you get a lot of like cool parts in that yeah which goes into like the uh sleep like the sensory deprivation tank i remember that <laughs> um so other other tv shows um that i'm just trying to think of so we mentioned sense eight at one point um again stranger Aeon things flux. Aeon flux that's like some crazy trippy like animated movie from back in the day um yeah uh stranger things if anybody hasn't seen that like that's got a lot of like themes related to like multi-dimensional reality and like mk ultra and stuff and psychic abilities which again is just kind of helping point people towards the idea that like there may be you know stuff that they haven't looked into that may be a little bit more real um opposed to just being like a crazy aspect of a you know hard to believe science fiction show um 
Yeah, Simpsons had uh, a lot of psychedelic trips in it too. Uh, not having this is just uh, that's a person's username. Um, yeah, because there's like the part when like Homer eats the chili pepper and like he's like trying to find his soulmate and stuff with the coyote. That was like super awesome. Find your soulmate, Homer. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, <laughs> oh, that's not a talking coyote. That's just a talking dog. Um, um, Lucy uh, exit the matrix. One of the users on our chat, uh, he's talking about Lucy. We didn't really talk about that one too much. Lucy yeah. was a good one. Scarlett Johansson is another yeah, character. Lucy's good. Is another actor who shows up commonly within conscious shifting movies. So she's in Lucy. She's in the new Ghost in the Shell movie. She's in a movie called Under the Skin, which is a kind of about like her as an alien, which is like super trippy movie. Um, and there's other movies that she's in uh, as well. There was, there was another movie that was like. Uh, I would not would like to be involved in that reality, but uh, what was it called? The game. What was that called? Hunger Games. Game? No, 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 no. It was like <laughs> Game Breaker. It was like a movie. Like they're stuck in this world and they're learning to build it, but they keep trying to go into this place. Uh. And these doors like close on them. And what's these doors? Maze Runner, I think. Maze Runner? Oh, yeah. Maze Maze Runner. Runner. I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, yeah. That was really cool. And again, kind of like. And I that is a trilogy. I thought it was sad when the. You know, at spoilers. the end, though. <laughs> yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like that kind of came up parallel to, again, like the um, <clears throat> Hunger Games and stuff like that as well. And there's a trilogy along with Maze Runner and um, what's that trilogy where it's like the, uh, the there's only a certain group of class of society that is they're trying to kill off. Um, like not Hunger Games, but something else. I think um, there's like the like there's there's like class of society, and if you don't fit into the class of society, oh, you, um, divergent stuff like that. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, which again, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's an interesting thing of like sort of uh, another person who shows up within conscious themes is uh, Shailene Woodley. Um, and a lot of people are becoming more familiar with her because she's been really involved with the Standing Rock process, um, the protests there and stuff uh, as a water protector. So I, I, again, like when I saw her in the Divergent movies back in the day, that was really interesting for me because like that movie is totally about like the dreamer awakening. And there's like parts in that movie where it's like literally in the dream space and it's like her becoming conscious and everything. And so like when I, when I first like saw that movie, I was just like, Whoa, like she, like not only is she in this movie, but she's in this movie for a reason because like, it's almost like you get into this bigger picture of like her soul's like contract to be, uh, you know, like kind of like part of that, story as like an echo for the future which she was stepping herself into so here she was in the movie as like this like revolutionary character leading the way and shifting consciousness and then lo and behold she literally is like echoing that through her involvement uh with the standing rock protect water protectors and stuff um but yeah and like she's uh yeah and she's like because i remember when i first saw that movie and i started like looking into her and i found some stuff and it was like all about her just kind of like openly talking about her spirituality and i was just like whoa like keep your eye on her like she's gonna do something and then she's totally been doing stuff so it's cool to see like the younger to take note of like some of like the younger characters um the younger actors showing up in movies these days and like how they're kind of um you know like sort of like foreshadowing their involvement in like future uh aspects of their own reality as well 
Um, there's the uh, this one is kind of like pretty old, but there's the uh, the Grinch. Yeah, yeah, Jim, and again, Jim some... Jim Carrey was in that too. That's another because mm-hmm. well, I was all about like I've, moving into the very, heart. It was a very heart based uh, movie. Oh, it's all about compassion, man. Absolutely. To, I mean, that's just like you look at Hinduism and Buddhism and compassion and the heart chakra. That Grinch is like a perfect yeah, example. Big mirror. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so any Dr. Seuss, like any of the Dr. Seuss movies, right? Like again, so here it was, you know, we're talking about people creating, um, you know, movies and, and, and TV shows. But again, like think about like what Dr. Seuss was doing through uh, in, inspiring yeah. people through books and through, you know, it's really just about stories. We're just talking, we're just focusing on movies here, but it's really just the power of stories and, and, and just like what they can do in so many ways. Yeah, I'm just... um. Yeah, the pig. We can honestly am. say that Seuss wrote allegories. He did. He totally did. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And any of the Lady Pixar in the Water Pixar movies, M Night Shyamalan, you get into signs and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. Um, yeah, I'm just like, kind of looking at like the the Pixar movies. You got like a Bug's Life, which again was kind of like oh you know, yeah, like, rising up and and similar with like um ants, which was like not Pixar but kind of came out at the same time. Um, in- oh, and Z, yeah, yeah, Inside Out, which was like a very interesting representation of kind of like just like how like we're you know sort of a how the mind works and everything. Um, Toy Story 3, Toy Stories in general, very hard opening Toys. movie. Yeah. Um, the Good Dinosaur, again, very hard opening movie. Uh, Up, super like inspirational movie. Frozen, let it go. Let yeah, it go. And see, I haven't, I haven't seen, no, Frozen isn't Pixar. It's, t- it's Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go. But Bugs Life had, had but, um, like a really interesting little part where it's yeah, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that that's whole speech or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where it's just like it's just like, yeah, like trying to take away the there power goes our of our way the, of life. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, and like Frozen, rising up. Frozen is all about being in the now. <clears throat> is which, it? by yeah. the way, I just want to mention I'll have to go back and watch when it. I when I do say things like, you know, ancient wisdom and all of these things. I'm not trying to take away from our awakening in the moment, right? Of of the now. That is divinely profound. But I just try to point to the fact that we're not the first one. And there's other people that have given us maps to help guide that process. And so it's true that I think everybody really truly has to write their own map but to think that you're going to write a map without looking at all the other hundreds of thousands of maps that have been written before you would be ridiculous. If you <laughs> go to any map maker and you say, here, I want you to make a map of the world. He's going to go, okay, <clears throat> has anyone done it before? And you say, yeah. He goes, well, I don't want to look at any of them. <laughs> like I, on some level you might argue, okay, that might be a good idea. But on another level you would argue like, of course he's going to take those things into account. So, if you want to be like sort of a light worker now, okay, great. But don't forget the Egyptians and the mystery schools and the ancient wisdom, right? But still, it is in the now. It's true. It's a it's a it's a living wisdom. So mm-hmm. I don't need to separate that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's another movie. Uh, I'm not sure 
there was interesting stuff in this movie. I just really liked it. Um, Small Soldiers. Oh, the like, yeah, the toy soldiers sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool movie. <laughs> um, yeah, again, like sometimes those movies, it's just about like coming together as a team kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, but you know, it was it was like the soldiers against the. Um, I mean, yeah. those other the I mean, soldiers, the yeah, the soldiers were like, like the bad team. guys. Yeah, and like the the misfits were like kind of like the like they had to come together kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, the soldiers. Yeah, and then they wanted to get to that place, uh, Gorgon or wherever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're <laughs> yeah. they're trying to get back to like their realm and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go back and watch that movie too. That's a that's a really cool movie. That movie is like so well done too because it's like live action mixed with like the CG and stuff. When you go back and look at it now, I'm pretty sure it still stands. Um, yeah, I was gonna say um uh, a couple more movies and stuff. Um, yeah, I have I have to go back and like watch frozen i think just for just for kicks because now that i've watched moana but definitely go see moana kj go see moana you'll love it um but yeah like within frozen i know they specifically say like stuff about fractals in that movie because i I know the songs from that movie but i don't know like the the movie itself but i know there's one part and there's like something something fractals everywhere and it's just like hey they talked about fractals in a disney movie that's kind of cool and kind of like show the sacred geometry when she's like building the castle and stuff out of her snow powers um, but anyway, it's just like little things, but um, again, like uh, I was just thinking of like Lion King again and Rafiki and like what he was teaching us. Oh and, yeah, that archetype. Um, but just moving along because we're gonna get close to wrapping this up here. We're just kind of like checking off a list of anything that we haven't really mentioned. Us, yeah, Lion King was, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Lion King's got some stuff in it. Like Rafiki again, you know, it's just like you know, it's just like you know, it's in the past, and he like hits him on the head, you know. Um, and then that whole scene of like him like talking to like the 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 father in the sky mufasa in the sky is just like remember who you are kind of thing and just like remember your yeah, responsibilities yeah, yeah. your duty and again like that's interesting where we get like the whole like lion guardian archetype um as being like our teacher and stuff within like asland and mufasa as well um just a couple other movies i was going to mention uh final fantasy spirits within is uh one yeah. if, if uh people haven't seen that it's an old one it's an animated movie um but it's really cool and it's like literally talking about like the spirit of gaia and, and some like very cool elements of like extraterrestrial life and everything um another movie that really inspired me growing up was the movie hackers 1995 starring uh, angelina jolie um and like that movie uh you know some people would say like oh it was just kind of like not like super conscious and stuff but again it was just kind of about like you know like using intelligence and creativity to like stand up uh in the face of like those who are trying to like oppress others and stuff like that or trying to like take advantage or corrupt the system and stuff um so again you know like hacking the matrix and like that a lot of my life was like seriously directly inspired by that movie like going around and like rollerblading and skateboarding and listening to like side trance and techno and stuff and hacking society and social alchemy and doing free hugs and everything um a lot um and i was just gonna say you know it's kind of interesting because I, I was talking about this before and, and er- earlier in the broadcast we've kind of like I'm, I'm glad we're almost done um but it was an interesting like experience in this broadcast when we had like that troll come in and he like kicked people from the broadcast kj you weren't here for that where we had like another troll come in and he just like literally kicked people that in a way so that we could hilarious but 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 what is what is interesting is that um afterwards and i didn't tie the two together until you know 
uh, earlier and then I'm just reiterating now. But again, I was talking about how within the matrix, uh, I got that whole idea of like the the energy of Agent Smith kind of coming through within different versions of of things that we see within culture, within people, within other people's like ideologies and stuff. Um, so it was kind of interesting that, you know, here we are doing our thing and then like that troll comes along. That troll was like almost like a, an Agent Smith type energy that kind of like came into our hangout and like started booting people. And then, you know, we could have quit. I could have like walked away. I could have been like, oh, screw this or whatever, right? But I was just like okay so, you know, what like, did, so did you just you just started it back, right sorry what's that you, you just started it back right I mean, no 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 like he, he couldn't kick me because i'm the host right he can kick everyone else so like he he like literally when he kicked everyone like they can't rejoin because it says that they got like booted so oh. like some people literally had to make a new gmail account just so, oh. they could rejoin. so there was a brief oh period where it was just like it's kind of like what the hell is going on but again you know even within that it was just kind of acknowledging him as kind of like this agent smith right the agent hey and, okay and i listen, allowing hey, us to continue to pursue and, the uh, agent persevere. that is it cracks me up but you know he'll get his karma when it's due but i have one to add to our list man actually this is somebody that i know very little about and somebody turned me on to them a few years ago, but I don't think of them often. It was when I was in South America. His name is Alejandro Jodorowsky. And he, he made the Holy Mountain oh. in 1973. Yeah, yeah. Jodorowsky's Dune and stuff like that. Have you? Yeah, I know, right. I know he, he did the Dune Holy thing. Mountain. Yeah, 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 yeah. the Holy oh, Mountain. Dude, so that is just chock full of esoteric symbology, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to, maybe you guys mentioned it earlier. I just wanted to add that to the list. Yeah, we, we didn't talk about Holy Mountain um, within this too much, but I, I did just briefly mention when I was talking about Dune and, and uh, Tchaikovsky or Tchaikovsky. It's, 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 I'm probably not pronouncing it right. But yeah, like he's, he, um, there's a great documentary called like Tchaikovsky's Dune. And it's about his version of telling the story of Dune that never got made, but there's like all the storyboards and stuff in it. And within the documentary, it's really interesting because it kind of like shows like what happened and, and it shows the story. And he is basically talking about like how he wanted to make a movie that would be like a psychedelic experience. So like here he was growing up through like the seventies and stuff and like LSD and everything and psychedelics. And, and his intention was to like make a movie that would kind of like bring people through that. So again, it's really powerful when you think about movies um, visually and just like through the narrative of how they can take people into like a simulated uh, psychedelic experience, um, which is just, again, like kind of like foreshadowing. I feel like that's like, uh, Terrence McKenna kind of quotes this where he's just like in the future um, our computers will be much more like drugs and our drugs will be much more like computers um, so it's almost as if you'll like you'll like ingest like a pill but it'll be like a movie it'll be like you'll like ingest like a, an experience like a dream kind of thing um, just kind of getting into uh, <laughs> into some like other realms and stuff like that so yeah it's really interesting anyways guys um it's 222 a.m right now so i think uh as good as point as any we're, we'll be able to wrap this broadcast up in the next minute um let me just double check it so was, uh... go, Michael, ahead. go ahead uh, go ahead what well i was just gonna say um okay you know they, they made so many but um the the pokemon movies uh <laughs> of course i definitely like the first one was definitely a a, a life changing. I mean, 
what they showed in the first one, of course, you know, it's the team working together, stuff like that. But I mean, it's the it's the true Pokemon versus the clones. And they have this really like, I guess you could say, you know, pulling at the heartstrings moment where the clones are, are fighting the uh, the real Pokemon. And, uh, and, you know, it's like they kind of realize like, you know, they're so, they're so much alike. Like, why are they, why are they fighting each other? And after they've been, you know, like, you know, whacking each other in the face and bind whipping, you know, and scratching each other and, and electrocuting each other, you know, they realize like, you know, they don't really want to uh, do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was really, uh, that was one of the things, you know, it, the, um, even, you know, the original versus the clone, but yet kind of showing the, that the, the similarities between the two, uh, you know, there's a really good quote that I like in it, um, you know, because Mewtwo was, of course, all about power. And that was his thing, you know, he went in, he, he felt he was the world's uh, most powerful Pokemon. And uh, maybe he was, um, but he was like, you know, after Ash, you know, gets like turned to stone and stuff, it's it's really weird how it happens. The cries of the people revive him. <laughs> I mean, I know it's not funny, but it's like <laughs> I don't know how that happened. But anyways, the cries of the people revive him back to you know back to life or from yeah, stone. It was, it was the tears and stuff like that. And so and then yeah. Um, but there's one other thing he's like you know this human has shown me uh you know uh uh what uh the power of love is about but there's this really cool part where he's like um it is not uh the the circumstances of one's birth is irrelevant is what you do with the gifts of life that Mm -hmm. uh determines who you are and people are like, you know, who said that? Was that like Buddha or Lao Tzu or something? Sounds like, like Gandalf. <laughs> well, he's just like, he's like, like, he says that. Gandalf says that, you know, it's just like, you know, it's like, it's what we do with the time that we are given kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And so that was really, and even the the second one, I remember because it was just this big emphasis. And, you know, there was even a song with it called the, called the Power of One. And that was actually the name of the movie, Pokemon 2000. Is... <laughs> that was the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, Ash was the chosen one, but it was about the power of one. And I was like, so it had a really, uh, really a lot of, um... I look back to those, you know, oh, uh, you know, when, when I was like looking at decoding, because I was like, I went through kind of this period where it's like, okay, I saw all these movies, but now I feel like I got to decode all these ones I saw when I was younger. And I found a lot in those movies that I just didn't realize, you know, the first time I saw them. So it was like, Mm -hmm. 
Add all the Pokemon movies to <laughs> all the Pokemon movies. Add them to the list. Go watch some Pokemon. At least the first two. At yeah. least the first two. There's themes in there. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I feel like there was like a bunch of other stuff I was going to like mention uh, in terms of like. Did you, do you cover Harry Potter? We didn't really talk too much about Harry Potter, but obviously that's got some you know pretty interesting themes in it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let me just double check. Lord of the Rings, cover that. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna talk about Lord of the Rings for a bit, but we didn't really talk too much about that. Um, but yeah, again, you know, like I think even just like opening up into like the realms of like the elves and stuff is a very, very, very interesting idea because it gets into this whole concept that maybe the elves aren't just something that exists within like folklore and fairy tales and stuff, but maybe they're more of like this like multi-dimensional society culture that actually lives like parallel to humans or at least within the past parallel to that timeline yet still parallel uh from another dimension with this timeline um but yeah i think like the elves like the higher self the higher elf the elf within us should i show off my elf here can i see my elf here i feel like that like barely comes up in broadcast (laughs) it's only like in rare occasions that i show it um but yeah like the the elf theme i think is like a very potent theme any movie with like santa claus i feel probably has like some interesting stuff in there um but anyways guys i think we're uh i think we're about ready to wrap up this broadcast um because we really could keep talking about you know like movies uh that's the beauty of it is that there's so many movies just to be able to talk about we touch on a little bit a little bit upon uh harry potter did you want to touch upon harry potter at all mike i mean did anybody very briefly like i'm not i'm not a huge harry potter fan but i mean yeah like you get get into the idea of like magic and yeah and there's alchemy and stuff in there yeah it was really interesting that i mean even as when i was young now i didn't like get it i was like wow that's that's the answer to life right there you know first harry potter movie but like it was really interesting you know because of course you know he had the scar from the uh voldemort uh which uh killed his parents but um he was protected somehow and he had this that scar of this lightning bolt on his forehead and that was pretty interesting but the the thing about it was uh that you know even after his battle with uh voldemort and stuff and like he's got the he's got the sorcerer's stone which is interesting because like J.K. Rowling mm-hmm. said at first it was supposed to be called the Philosopher's Stone, but they just changed it. They had to change it, I guess, you know, to, yeah, the, I remember to that. the Sorcerer's Stone. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was actually a book called, like, you know, when it was first made, it was it was the Philosopher's Stone. It looks really funny, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, but basically, the interesting thing was, you know, after that whole battle. And it's really interesting, you know, you can see, like, Voldemort's face and, like, when he touches him, like, Voldemort's, like, you know, like, crumples, you know, screams, you know. And, uh, but one of the things was, is even after the battle of Voldemort, even when he had the Philosopher's Stone, you know, yes, Albus uh, Dumbledore says, like, um, you know, is like, there's this power that you have that not even, you know, like a, uh, uh, you know, a very powerful w- wizard or warlock like Voldemort 
do and he's like you know what that power is and he's like no and he said it's love mm-hmm. and it was I, th- I thought that was one of the things because you know even people that look into magic are always like you know what powers can i gain to like you know make myself like super powerful and it, it it was just really interesting that you know it's like he's one of the highest wizards and that's what he's saying yeah 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 it's yeah. not necessarily about it or he said you know it is a lot more you know to magic than you know just about like spells and you know uh waving wands and stuff and so he said that power was love and i was like wow i was like that's high wizardry yeah, right there, you know? yeah that's a powerful so, thing yeah. um like moving love with like your thought process um and and love kind of being like a carrier wave for intentions and stuff um i mean yeah there's like a whole nother conscious like conversation there just about like how um we can sort of reinterpret what we think of love as being where it's not just like this like you know it's not just a feeling like it's actually sort of like like a conduit for how things move through the universe um and when you like when you wrap something in love when you like put an intention there's one way you know it's one thing to just like put forth an intention but to put forth an intention and to like weave love through it seems to like change how it interacts with the reality um and i think this is like something that like the wizards kind of knew uh, as well so yeah it's kind of interesting that you get a lot of like these like wizards uh, again you know like gandalf and, and dumbledore and they're there and they're, they're teaching us and stuff like that so it's very rare that you see like you know a movie with like wizards and merlins and stuff where you don't get Wait, like, some, bring... sort of, some sort of something coming up right did anybody mention the sword and the stone no, we one did not. Favorite. No, no. I'll have to okay. go back and watch that one too. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's again like other themes in there. A lot of stepping into duty and stuff like that. Yeah, anything with Merlin and Arthur and round tables, I'm really interested in. Um, those archetypes still uh, still echo quite strong today. Um, so yeah. Uh, with that said, though, guys, I, I think uh, I think we're about ready to wrap it up. Um, KJ, did, was there anything else you wanted to say before we conclude this broadcast? If you're uh, um, feeling it, I'll just say this. Uh, I think the highest question that I'm dealing with right now is what is watching? I dig it. I dig it. And, and I mean, yeah, that brings, I was going to say like, oh, we didn't talk about the Watchmen and stuff like that, which is another interesting movie. Um, yeah. 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 There's so much, but yeah, I like that. What are you watching? and what is watching and stuff so realms within realms it is our 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 privilege as humans to be able to like create realities within realities within realities and movies are like another way to uh be able to do that to be able to like create a reality that can be shared by uh thousands and millions of people all at once so you know what happens like when you know movies like star wars start coming out start coming out and people start like becoming a part of that like mega ritual of um you know bringing courage into themselves to be a part of the love that will help transform this world you know it's it's going back to that simple idea of choice between love and fear and as dumbledore would tell us you know like 
using love as like part of our abilities to change the world. So that's like so much of these movies are like giving us our tools and our resources and they're showing us like what's already inside of us. And through that, that is a, that is all we need. Love is enough. So movies are reminding us that they're reminding us that not all aliens are evil too. So that's important. So with that said, guys, we're going to wrap up this, um, broadcast uh just to cover some basics i will say thank you very much to everyone tuned into this bonus points to those of you who literally made it to the end of this broadcast i mean i know some you know a bunch of people do a bunch of people like literally you know download these and listen to them afterwards and so just a huge thank you to you guys for being a part of this and to continue to uh you know be there to help engage with people using movies as a jump point for conversation be like, Hey, have you seen this movie? Oh yeah. What'd you think about this? Have you seen this movie? What'd you think about this? You know, they're there as tools and resources um, to, to really help us like have more to talk about, to have more common ground to share um, when it comes to a lot of these consciousness shifting themes that are becoming more and more a part of this reality. So with that said, guys, just encouraging you to keep going out there, to keep changing the world, to keep shifting the paradigms. In terms of some basic community stuff, we got some more broadcasts coming up. The next broadcast that we have coming up is going to be the Paradigm Shift Dream Class, which is going to be on Tuesday, December 9 p.m. EST. And then after that is going to be a Paradigm Shift Admin Meeting on December 8th at 9 p.m. EST. And the links for those will be up on the main website through there we're just encouraging people to connect to be involved the discussions and uh, relative to the admin meetings encouraging you guys to go out there and to help create physical paradigm shift communities where you are and of course encouraging guys to create your own media to create your own stories you can do that through the main website you can share those on the quest journal stay tuned because over the next coming weeks and months you're going to see a lot evolving through the main website more more quest journals, more conscious articles uh, coming online there and uh, more features within the website that you'll hear about within the admin meetings coming up as well. And so of course, a huge thank you to everyone for tuning into this and a special huge thank you to those of you who are signed up for the team Patreon who help make these broadcasts possible. The team Patreon, you can check out at patreon.com forward slash Brendan Culleton. And through there, you can add the micro contributions each month of the asking price of just three to five and in doing so it continues to help with the evolution of this project and also gets you your shifter booster kits which come with shift buttons part of the real world game the real world quest items that you can use to share with friends to be able to help connect them to this project plant conscious seeds and build conscious community where you are so i'm wearing the eye of raw there and i got some behind me triforces free hugs and uh, again guys i'll just show this on here um the new purple leds came in for the uh, light guardian pendants and if anybody wants to order these you can just send me a message um those of you who are watching those of you who are hearing you guys probably already know what they are but if you don't they're a cool like light up quartz pendants and those are available as a pay what you wish between 30 and 60 and just message me on facebook and those help pay for the shipping costs for the team booster kits at the moment and just support the process of the project in general so thank you guys so much 
check out uh, more on my YouTube channel. You can check out my conscious movie reviews. You can check out the full length journey to lucidity movies all at youtube.com forward slash skull Babylon. And also subscribe to paradigm shift radio on iTunes for automatic updates. You can leave a review there and find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash skull Babylon as well. And like paradigm shift central on Facebook as well. And again, check out more at paradigm central.com. You can always join the live chat and be involved so yeah huge shout out to you guys much love to all you guys in the live chat thank you so much for uh for being here for sticking through uh we did it we achieved another mission here mission accomplished this is a good good conversation here in the class and um yeah continue to go out there continue to watch movies like watch them as inspiration for your spirit let them inspire you to continue on your own journeys your own adventures so nasate ipsum so very cool guys um yeah and i'm just double checking make sure things are all good cool um if you're watching this in the future you can always download this as an mp3 as well uh if you want that option plus any other broadcasts so um yeah um stay tuned guys for more i'll announce the next topic for destiny class next month